Icktober. Icktober. It's Icky this year. October 9th, 2021. I am your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. The Wet Gamer, a.k.a. your partner's favorite cocktail. I'm joined today by Pat. We've been drinking, um, like, these pre-mixed cocktail drinks that are, like, cheaper than... They're, like, a little lower alcohol content than you would make a, a real cocktail. Uh, but they are, they're not just malt beverages, they, yeah. they are like actually mixed drinks. And there's a really good um, rum, mint, mojito flavor oh. that they do. So yeah, that's okay, the, that sounds nice. American, yeah. Do you like, do you do like any like real mint in there? Like, or are you just no, like... No, I usually just drink it. They, they're okay. canned. And you just oh, oh, crack them, okay. crack them and pour them. Uh, yeah. Okay. They're only like 5% as opposed to the like 20% or whatever an actual mojito yeah. would be you're there for the taste yeah exactly uh, yeah and uh also joining us alex uh i don't drink so i like mixing like an orange juice with like a ginger ale okay, okay. yeah hell oh that's, yeah yeah that's like that counts. A, that's it's like an orangina it's like, it's like an it's orangina, like a, mo- a mocktail yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i can i can appreciate it i can appreciate it uh, I bring you here today to discuss games. Oh, shit. You can't also, talk like <laughs> I watched a lot of Midnight Mass this week. You can't <laughs> use that kind of uh, cadence. It is the time. It is the season is upon us. It is uh, we are in uh, no longer ordinary time. Oh God, we are in uh, spectacular times here as the season of game releases is upon us. The games they are the gamers they are risen, and we are here huh? to tell you about all sleep. of the hottest, <laughs> all of the hottest new releases and goings on in the world of video games. That's about as much as I can do as a impromptu sermon. Uh, I think we're gonna we're here to spread the good word today of Battlefield twenty forty two. The oh damn! Yeah. We're just going straight yeah, into that's, it. That's a good well, idea. We'll just I go, think it is because it's, you know, it's we'll, like the thing all of us play. All right. So. I mean, sure. Yeah, let's do it. I thought we were going to do we cold open together could, today. We'll yeah, talk play. about yeah. like orange orange juice some more. But okay, sure. Let's do this. Yeah, I don't like orange I, juice, so you know what? What? I, what is, fuck that. What? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> didn't 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 we go through this? Didn't I say like fucking orange? Like thanks. Yeah. And I don't. I don't. I don't actually like to judge people for their taste because no. it's everybody's palate is unique <laughs> yeah sometimes it's unique and wrong but that's okay i mean like, whatever. I'll, I'll drink it but like I'll, i eat a lot of things that i don't like if it's put like in what? front of me but look, i'm not gonna look life's too short okay okay i live Wait, i live what in else Japan, do you not like? and i work in a school and part of working in a school is eating school lunch and boy howdy do they often put things i do not care for in the school lunch like uh, this thing in uh, Shiga, you know, the area I'm in, uh, is famous for uh, konyaku. Konyaku Cognac. is like this. Uh, yeah, it's not the alcohol. Those kids it's like are this, just fucking wild all the time. <laughs> oh well, they are, but that's because they're Monsters. elementary schoolers and absolutely out of their minds. Uh, konyaku is like lotus root. That is somehow gelatinized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, I hate it. The texture, the taste is like just snot. like whatever. But 
I no, it's like it's very firm, but like Oh. Yeah. It's sounds... like Like I don't even know. Like I can't think of uh it's probably like a candy uh analog that I can't think of right now, but like it's not sweet or anything. It's just like yeah. And then uh Shiga in particular is famous for red konyaku. Uh which is just like even worse in my opinion, which just looks like it's like blood red these gelatinized cubes. Uh I'm not even sure what it's made from. Uh red bean. Potato it's potato based, I oh. guess. Oh. Uh yeah. Um between rice cake and gelatin, uh it's like texture wise. Uh yeah. But yeah, so like I have to eat that a lot and like I you know, I stomach it, but like it's not gonna be my choice to eat. Or like, you know, there's often like uh I think sardines, maybe. Or they're they're like huh. little fish that are like so long, but they're like whole fish and they're like fried, and so it's like just eat the whole thing. Or some bigger ones are like, okay, we'll have to like bite the head off this thing. And it's like, oh my god. Pain in the ass. Uh, and I, I'm like not stoked on eating it, but I do anyway, because if you don't eat it, the school will complain and you'll get in trouble. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah, because, uh, like, if the kids see you not eat it, then they'll be like, well, I don't want to eat this, and then they won't eat it either, and then you just That's have a mutiny on your hands. Free lunch, right? So, No, I have to pay for it. That's ridiculous, then. I mean, it's, that it's, is... like, it's like two bucks a day, uh, but yeah, and sometimes it's... sometimes it's, like, all right. Like, <laughs> If my know, boss was like, okay, you have to eat food you don't like, and you have to pay for it so that the CEO is happy, I'd be like, you can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for it's, it's not the CEO. It's it's, it's for the school. It's for, yeah, it's for the kids. Yeah, I'm just but, the yeah. analog. Being, yeah. yeah, yeah. I one one person actually did get like in trouble that I know, and they had to start. They had to stop eating school lunch, and they had to start bringing their own lunch uh, to eat, which is well, totally an option. Yeah, that, okay, I'm, well then that's different. As long as that's an option, yes. then yeah, it is, is an option. Uh, okay, like you uh, know, some people have allergies to things like shellfish or whatever, which yeah, sometimes yeah. in the lunch, but. Uh, yeah. You know what? Speaking of allergies, I think Battlefield twenty forty two is allergic to showing me the damn weather, which is the whole Still? fucking point of this game. I I played two matches before we started this podcast. Still nothing. I Still played. Nothing. I don't know. Probably you got to pay 10 for matches. It. Ten matches by now, and I have not seen a tornado. Well, I heard the ratio. It's it's like, it's like one 10 in ten chance, chance every time yeah. you play. So. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get to finish the the last match because I we had to you know kind of get going for this. But I probably could have played more, but based on how long it took to get this going. Some of it. But... Some of it definitely is how long the matches end up taking too, because mm-hmm. the weather yeah. can evolve yeah. over the match. So yeah, like yeah. we we all played around together or a couple rounds together, and in yeah. the last two minutes it started raining like crazy. Like yeah, so it's yeah, it, it is actually dynamic. It's not scripted. Yeah, yeah. like you'll go a whole match with no weather stuff happening sometimes and, and other the, time stuff will the kick in. degree of it is like it can go from like sunny to cloudy to cloudy like spitting rain i've seen that and i've seen like heavy rainstorm with no tornado to like huge storm with and lightning to huge storm with tornado and lightning and everything it's pretty cool the like range of of weather options it's not just like 
sunny raining tornado it's like yeah degrees within that yeah, there's, too. there's granularity which when they showed that stuff off i was kind of dismissive of it i was like oh I was skeptical yeah for sure. who, i was like who fucking cares but in in it does totally change the game when you do it like you know yeah in context I, it definitely changes the tone and the feel of what you're doing too. When it's a huge storm, it feels very apocalyptic while you're playing for sure. And though you haven't experienced it, Andre, when that tornado does hit, that also feels apocalyptic. So yep. if I'm like boots on the ground, just like, you know, grunt running around, what happens if I go inside the tornado? Am I getting like picked up and like yep. flung through the air? Am yep. I? And you, you can pull your parachute and it goes, it makes you go even crazier. <laughs> Okay, okay. And can you let you can get into gunfights then in like the yep. tornado if everyone just runs inside and okay, that's well, good. there's that's it good. also pulls pulls all the vehicles in. So like if you're Yeah, in a, yeah. So in you can a, be like a, a tank. Yeah. And just like spinning the turrets around shooting people who are also in the tornado. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's See, pretty good. This is this is what I want to experience and the game it's is really keeping good. it from me. The um the I think, the I only did it in a plane. And I flew into it to see what would happen. And it does kind of screw up your handling and you start taking damage, but it does planes can fly through it. I don't know about helicopters. Um, I did come out the other side and I had taken like 20 damage or something and the plane started repairing itself and stuff and the handling returned to normal. So yeah, uh, like I think, I think it's actually not a bad thing that you're not seeing it every round because I think, I think if you did see it every round, it would just become annoying and like a crappy novelty. Even if and you saw it every and, yeah. three or four rounds, I think it would become less elusive. The, the, it being as elusive as it is, I have a feeling when you get to it, you're going to be like, oh, okay, this is cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's that yeah. like only seeing it once in a while means you don't have that many chances for to let you don't have the ability to get used to it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. And I actively ran into it because I was like, this seems rad. And it was. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and it's, uh, it's 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 cool how it shows up, uh, Pat. I guess you're the only one who's seen this, but when um, when you die and you're picking your spawn location, it's just um, it's taking up a huge part of the map because the map is a rendering of the actual world. So like, yeah. you see this thing just slowly creeping across this this map. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm extremely excited for the fact that the, I mean, I forget what what their map count is. Um, but we've seen at seen... least four. Um, I want to yeah, say, yeah, because there's Dubai, uh, right? There's. I don't think it's. I think it's a fictional city, but basically, oh, yes, it's it's like, like Dubai, Dubai, which I believe can have the sandstorm, and it can have tornadoes and rain and stuff. Um, and then there's the ice level that's like Antarctica or something. Thir- um, there are thirteen maps. And, oh shit! Uh, really? Like a lot of maps. I, that's I have a awesome. feeling. I don't think that that's 13 maps. 64 the size of what versus we got 64. In the beta. No, yeah, I think, not. yeah, I think I th- it's like four uh, or five environments and then maps extrapolated from them for smaller maybe, modes maybe, yeah. in addition mm-hmm. to the big mode. Um, but uh, because they've shown the ice map, which I would assume has like blizzards, um, they've shown the seat, like the, the map on the cargo ship. But I think that's probably, um smaller maps or something. Oh, uh, here we go. 
uh, I found the list of the the core twenty forty two maps. There's seven of those, and then there's oh, uh, great. sounds good. Two, yeah. Three, four, five. There's six classic maps. So like from Battle uh, yeah. Bad Company two and like for, two and for stuff portal, like that. Like, for the portal, like 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 Caspian is one from Battlefield three, and like yeah, Battle of the Bulge Battle from forty two, Africa Harbor from Bad Company two. But uh, for twenty forty two, we've got Hourglass, which is in Qatar. We've got Discarded, which is in India. We have Manifest, which is in Ooh. Singapore. Kaleidoscope, uh, which is South Korea. And I think that's the big cityscape we've been seeing. Potentially, uh, yeah. Orbital, yeah. which is the French Guinea one, which has been the beta map. Yep. Uh, Breakaway, which is in Antarctica. which yep. that, Hell yeah. That's, that looks fucking awesome. From it's the like hovercrafts on ice and stuff. Yeah. It's, the trailer footage and was so cool. It's, it's really cool. And then the last one that I see is Renewal, which is in Egypt. Very cool um yeah yeah so, so it's the point being it sounds like there's going to be a pretty good mix of weather from yeah. you know rain and tornadoes to sandstorms to uh um like blizzards like, and stuff yeah the uh, antarctica one it says that you can make permanent fires on the map by destroying like fuel tanks and stuff yeah. that's cool so you're like that's reshaping awesome. the map in a way which is cool that's fascinating uh, but, yeah i mean uh, the weather stuff I, is cool but how, how is it as a battlefield game? Because my battlefield experience is like extremely limited. Well, and here, here's an interesting thing. Um, looking at the re, the reception online, specifically on Reddit, people are extremely yeah. negative on it. But yeah. I think it's hey, yeah. I think it's I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, I think what the thing is that people are. I think what it is is it's a lot of people who played Battlefield Four. And and then went on to play the most recent three of those games, um, which are good, I think. But Battlefield Four emphasized the class structure even more sure. than prior games in the series. To me, the classes were part of Battlefield because they didn't really have a sophisticated way to have you build custom classes yep. in you know two thousand one. Um, totally, yeah. So it was like. They were just like, well, we want to give you different kits, and you're not going to build those kits yourself. So here's the four classes. Yeah, here's and the think, assault class that like you can throw down an ammo pack, and like, right. the sniper class has C4 and like all that stuff. To yeah. me, Battlefield has never been about classes. It's it's about the scale of the conflict. The classes yeah. have just been. You're just picking the guns you want, basically, and and then your your secondary tool. So I'm excited about the big. That's the biggest change from classic Battlefield. The 2042 does is you can mix and match everything and just kind of make your own custom class. I think that's great. I'm I'm excited yeah. for that because I think it's I think that they it's harder to balance because you know you need a reason. Like one of my friends has been complaining about the lack of ammo because you get a pretty low ammo count. But my argument is like. You gotta, they, they needed to do that because they need you, you to give people a reason to take ammo bags so that they yep. can toss out ammo bags. And that helps totally. to prevent everybody from just taking a recoilless uh, rocket launcher. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I do think that they're going to need to carefully, and it's maybe not quite there yet, need to carefully balance that stuff. So there's a reason to play with each set of, of equipment. Um, but yeah. I don't have a problem yeah. with missing the class stuff so much in this game. Yeah. The only thing I think, and like, I think they do kind of need to 
balance the classes or whatever we're calling yeah. them a little bit better just because like um with the current set of maps and i've aired this grievance with y'all i think the medic is pretty useless in terms of the beta uh just because at the moment you heal so fast or you get to healing um so fast and the battles are generally spread out enough that like you don't really have a chance to get any healing off as a healer and also uh the movement is just so fast between all the like quick sprints and like the dives and stuff like that that the way you heal is with a gun that you're targeting your teammates with so it's like playing ana from overwatch but arguably even harder because it's not giving you any kind of assists I think so. I see a, a a situation where when the game is providing more um well one there's no map you can't look at the map right now not not <laughs> for yet some reason. there's there's a you button can look at it while you but spawn, you can't, but you you can't, can't push pull it. up the map um it's probably I a think, thing yeah so I think that that makes it hard to be aware of where your teammates are um yeah. I I think the medic could be really useful in a situation where you're defending a point and people are like trying to throw grenades in and there's vehicles do it dealing splash damage and stuff. I think as sure. a medic, you could probably be always looking around shooting people with your medic gun who are easier to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like the idea that like, no, you got to be good with a gun to also also to be a medic, <laughs> get your medic points or whatever. But I do think like ultimately, you know, there's a specialist. These are the specialists. So they're like basically like a piece of extra gear. They have mm-hmm. a passive bonus too, I believe. Um, yeah, so f- I, they do. They, they seem pretty unnecessary to me. I don't. I'm not that. Like the grappling hook is cool. Um, putting down a turret is cool. Having a drone you can fly around is cool. Those are the ones. And then the medic gun. Um, but I don't find myself using them very much. And definitely, like shooting people is still the thing that will win. Like being good at shooting people is the thing you want for winning games, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is fine, but, in my opinion. I don't know. It doesn't bother me. So yeah. th- we, have a, we have a note from the chat, not necessarily a question, uh, from one Chris Edgerton saying, I hope the game will eventually show you what to do, because as someone who has only played Battlefront, I'm so lost. And I think that's fair, and I would hope that the full game does kind of give you more context, because, like, Pat, I think you and I have both played a lot of Battlefield. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I started in Battlefield 2 back in, like, what, 2005 or something? I, I was in a competitive Battlefield 1942 clan. <laughs> nice. Battlefield 1942 is a top five of all time game for me. It's yeah, And battle, Battlefield um, Battlefield 2 is probably a top five game for me. It, my, and, and if I were to think 1942, about it. 1942 is still my favorite game in the Battlefield series, too. I, I love and, 2. 3 is great. 4 is great. I like I 1 think, a lot. But. I think Bad Company 2 is still my favorite. And, um, well, I would say this so far, uh, 2042 feels closest to bad company two for me, which is a really awesome thing. Cause they haven't had that feel in a really long time. Um, but to Chris's point, I think for people like me and you, we just kind of understand when we see that map yeah. and we see all those points, we're like, Oh, okay. That's what kind of game mode this is. It's a conquest. So, for we sure. know that okay we're gonna split our squads up and take these points strategically blah 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 but yeah they aren't explaining that i would hope that there's some kind of tutorial for new players like andre you're relatively new to battlefield right like did you find it yeah, intuitive like I've, I've i mean yeah uh i've mostly just played like betas of games or whatever so i played the beta for like battlefield 
five, I the last think. One. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like that was like it that was the beta for that one was the same as this. Yeah. Uh it was Conquest. So I had like played that. And I've played like first person shooters where it's capture the point type stuff. So that wasn't too weird. Uh really the hardest thing is just like this is because it's a team focused game or like a squad focused game. Like, oh, do, should I be with my squad? But then my squad is like, you know, if all your squad is yeah. randos and they're all over the place, or yeah. is there any can't benefit really to being with my squad? Yeah. Is yeah. there any benefit to being with my squad? Like, because it seemed like I was like, can I only res my squad mates or something like the, that? And yeah. The stuff. squad system really only exists because it used to be that you just had to spawn at a command point and run. Yep, and people yeah. got tired of doing that. Um, yeah, so it's mobile, mobile babies. Spawn, spawn people can't deal with <laughs> any hardship at all when they play a video. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so squads mostly mobile spawn points. So you can kind of, and it has the natural effect of kind of keeping people together because you're going to yeah. use each other to spawn. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've never really in pub games. I've never worried about communicating with my squad or working together, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've won plenty of games without doing it. And I've, lost plenty yeah. of games that when i do try to do it so totally um, yeah and for me like sure there is a certain amount of squad stuff you can do but i i seem to remember in bad company 2 and 3 and 4 at least there was like quick commands you could do like counter-strike style of like uh rush push here uh fall back kind of I, commands that you could I pull up i imagine they'll have, have to be putting game, that back yeah. in if they just yeah. like i mean we live in a post apex legends world where they'll have like a ping menu yeah, I Probably. think it wasn't. It I think it wasn't the like, ping menu. Weird. I think it was a long hold yeah. on cue that brought that up. I'm not. I can't remember. Yeah, but yeah. It's been. So, it's been years. So I would have. I would back. assume. Yeah, I assume that would be. Back. I think like Pat was saying. You know what you thought this beta was from. I think it's like trade show stuff from earlier this year. Um, yeah. Probably not. I mean, I've heard that it's at least three months old. So yeah, that's what uh, that's what Dice Dice has said. Um, yeah. And that currently um, they're they're doing daily nightly updates to their current build, so yeah, I'm I'm not that there. worried about it. Um, yeah, same. Even though it's pretty bare bones, the thing that I think is encouraging to me about it, and I mean, I've heard people say it's the worst feeling shooter they've ever played. I've heard people say <laughs> that the shooting in it is like horrendously bad. I think it's great. I, I think, think the shooting too. is better than. Um, it's not quite as good as Modern Warfare, but it's better than like other recent Call of Duty games. It's way better than Battlefield Five, in my opinion. The movement is whatever. I think it's a little fast, um, but it's. I don't have a problem with it. So yeah, uh, and the vehicles feel really good to me. So yeah, I think a lot I of the agree. complaints from what I have seen is it sounds like the the tuning on controller uh, is pretty bad for the beta. I've only been playing it with mouse and keyboard, and then mm-hmm. using controller for air vehicles. And so I think maybe that a lot of the complaining is coming from console players who um, are using a controller with kind of some bad default settings. Um, totally but, possible. you know, speculation. I, I haven't, I haven't yeah. played with the controller, so I don't know. And and the beta has not had the best of stability, especially since they've opened no. it up to, to everybody. So, like, that's also a valid criticism, I yeah. would say. For sure, yeah. I mean, I assume that that's stuff that'll get ironed out as... Yeah in the final release but yeah it's definitely yeah, totally quite quite buggy i have seen a lot of last night i saw a person just jump i assume they used their grappling hook but it didn't play the animation uh-huh. for me so they just jumped and then they're they just kept ascending into the air 
like <laughs> in a in a static jump like they hit the, yeah. the peak of the jump animation and just stayed there and flew so, up into the air like a superhero so it's almost like mario did a jump and then just kept going up yes it was very funny Beautiful. like and i've i've seen some weird stuff with like uh air like uh the aerial vehicles like rapidly ascending like 100 feet and then descending 100 feet or whatever just and like not helicopters they're just like a plane yeah shift or you know and and yeah. they'll you know you hope some of that stuff will get ironed yeah. out i i linked in our chat a an incredible clip of an ai just absolutely wrecking a dude in the most incredible way uh, <laughs> uh the they also they talked about before release that like yes there's going to be bots to fill it out to make it 128 yeah. players which is for one it's fine i don't yeah, have yeah. A, i'm not one of the people who has a huge problem with that i'd like to play in a I full think... 128 people server if i can but yeah i'd rather on a huge map like what's in the beta right now i'd rather play with 20 bots per side than with only you know and, 40 people per side and then totally. fill it up like just fill it up like you know get it going and then yeah, 20 right. bucks per side and then you know filter those out as people right. join like that's but i will me. say they were all about like well you won't be able to even tell the bots are bots because they're going to play you, so you, well you, and they're you, you fucking tell. terrible they like run into the middle of they'll like run out out of cover and then stop and then like look around and then look right at you and then like slowly aim and then start shooting and missing you <laughs> it's like yeah. dude <laughs> what are, what are you doing oh well, it's okay it's, it's very funny it's, it's just a console player bew, bew, bew. i'd rather the whoa i'd rather the the um i'd yeah, rather the, the, the bots be too easy than be too hard because if the bots were like super soldiers that would feel a lot worse but if it was literal aim bots yeah no yeah but but the bots are really stupid uh, it's impressive that they can fly the vehicles, but they also just like st- hey, sit that, and hover in places hey, and you can just yeah. blow them up like weather balloons. Fly, flying the vehicles makes them better than me because I cannot for the life of me fly. Like You, you get you I, get used to it. And I think that's another yeah. fault of the beta is that they don't have like a firing range kind of equivalent where you can just try yeah. stuff out. I think if you could yeah. just experiment with a uh, helicopter without affecting a multiplayer match and also waiting for a respawn. Yeah then you would yeah. probably get it in like 10 minutes of, of experimenting, maybe less. Yeah. They're pretty easy to fly once you get the hang of it. Um, yeah. The, just, every time I've played a battlefield game, it's been like, there, I've not had like a train, like a way to train and like try the stuff out. So yeah. I'm just like, I, I, this is miserable. This is absolutely terrible. Battlefield, I, I feel bad because uh, I, I want to try the thing, but also my, I could just leave this for someone good who can like, do Oh, I don't have to worry about that stuff. Make, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to grab the plane and fly around for 30 seconds and crash and die. <laughs> in a yeah. in a full, it'll, match. it'll come back. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the the my big thing, like Battlefield Four, I played Battlefield 1942 with a joystick for flying, and that worked pretty well. And sometimes mouse and keyboard if I didn't feel like setting up joystick, and that worked pretty well. Um, and Battlefield Two, pretty much the same, and it was pretty good. But yeah. then. I didn't play a lot of the bad company games. I didn't know. I've never been that into console battlefield. Um, oh, I played those on PC for what it's worth. Yeah. They I know they were on awesome. PC. I, I don't, I don't particularly like bad company the way a lot of people do. I think I get why people like it. Um, it just never clicked for me in the same way, but um, battlefield three and four, because they were such PC games, 
they didn't have the best controller support for flying vehicles. Like it was there and it worked, but it never felt great. So I'm pretty excited yeah. because I got into flying the planes more in Battlefield One because um, they work really well there. And uh, so for this one, I think that they feel really good. So I'm gonna finally recapture my old when I used to fly planes a bunch in Battlefield One and Two or 1942 and Two. Uh, yeah, that sounds awesome. But it's hard. I, to, I, the thing that I find hard is how to like survive. Not so much flying the totally. plane and hitting things; it's avoiding getting killed. Uh, yeah, like the AI missiles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like that's always been a hard part, though. Like even so far yeah. back as Battlefield Three. But like we were in a in a in a. Honestly, what I really want to fly is the transports. I like flying. I like being the person who like flies around and delivers people to capture points. Um, yeah. And that hasn't really been a thing for a long time, so I'm really glad that it's back with this game because in Battlefield 1 and Battlefield 5, it didn't really make sense with how those games work to have transport planes. Um, they may have had them in 5, but I don't think they did. Uh, and so it, it's exciting to me that there's these VTOLs now that are like yeah. basically transport planes. God, and, uh, those things were super a nightmare. From the passenger seat, though. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Oh my god. We, we it was like riding this... a roller coaster. It was <laughs> this person who was flying ridiculous. was like a fucking ace and just like was dodging missiles. They were like hitting the brakes and then like like flying backwards like to barely backwards. dodge missiles that yeah. would like shoot past the the the, the gun cams. So I want to get to be that level of. It reminds me of flying a galaxy in the original planet side. And that's like, huh. there's nothing wow. better. There's, there's nothing better. Long time. <laughs> Anyways, Battlefield 2042 seems like it could be really good. Yeah, I think um, one thing that I think is the case, this has been the case with a lot of the Battlefield, not a lot, but with um, some of the old school Battlefield fans that I know, they, um, when the trailer came out, they said, it's going to be garbage because EA and DICE will never make another good video game. And that's just their stance. There is nothing you could do that would make them change their mind yep. because it's like totally. become an ideological belief that dice is a shitty developer. And I think that's true for a lot of, of fans of the series and I don't get it. I think it's like, get over it. Like, uh, like but, battlefield battlefield one wasn't like that much. Five eventually got there. Right. Like I mean, people were, people haven't liked it. Battle hardcore battlefield fans haven't okay. liked a battlefield game since four um the, okay, the, yeah. the, generally they hate battlefield one and five uh uh-huh, and yeah. um i didn't like five uh mm-hmm. i thought okay. it was pretty disappointing um but uh a lot of it has to do with the way progression works a lot of it has to do with the way the game feels um a lot of it has to do with map design there's like a, a kind of cascading series of things yeah. that kind of yeah. hit that series i think one is good yeah though. they were um, they were really i remember them really struggling with five like the identity of that game when it came yeah. out like constantly like doing major tweaks to like time to kill and stuff like that. I mean, there are people who will tell you that battlefield three ruined the franchise when they introduced the rush mode, for example, like the people, well, have people opinions. are crazy. People have <laughs> opinions about battlefield. And, and I mean, again, I'll say my favorite still 1942. I would love to have a battlefield game once again, that just has like, <laughs> conquest and ctf uh not that anyone yeah. ever played ctf ctf but, was okay <laughs> uh, uh, but i would be i would love it if it was just nope this is a pure conquest game 
no other modes, no other map sizes. It's just this. But That's I'm also not going to sit here. It's what this seems like it'll be. But I'm not going to sit here and like tell you that the games have been trash since 1942. They're just yeah, kind of different. I liked the the rush modes, honestly. And I'm hoping there's at least one... Well, the thing with rush modes is they took place on the same maps. Like, um, especially in Battlefield 3, um, where it was the same maps, but instead of holding various points across the map, it was one side defending, the other side pushing to where, you know, like they're pushing to get this point and if they get the point then it moves to the next one until you know either the defenders defend for the time limit or the pushers push and win uh chris makes a good point with regards to your people who um you know people who weren't necessarily in love with battlefield and where it went uh he said i bet those guys really loved hardline though uh, everyone hates Hardline. Yeah, I don't I think there's anybody yeah, who likes Hardline. Hardline is garbage. I will, t- I will tell you, Hardline sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it I should have never been. played e- it. Even as like, uh, even as a joke, like, oh yeah, they they like the police game. I don't, I don't think anybody likes Hardline. I mean, the cop, the the cop stuff in it is kind of like whatever from the perspective of like it's trying to tell a story about like good cops yeah. and bad cops and stuff like I, I, it's it's propaganda but i don't know that it's any more offensive than sure. ha, than than most media that's about police uh sure. and it yeah. just sucks <laughs> it's yeah. just a shitty game the campaign it, well, is like the like best it. part and the campaign has like two good levels in it uh yeah because i mean it's does... just i think i did play the uh like the beta for that one for hardline and you could there was like a city map and you could get on like motorcycles and like rip through the town on a motorcycle Mm. and controlling that was also a nightmare yeah (laughs) the vehicles didn't every time i get in a vehicle in a battlefield game i'm like oh god what's happening well i mean the issue is it was just battlefield 3 yeah um but uh done or was it battlefield 4 i guess it was battlefield 4 it was battlefield uh, oh yeah it did come after 4 you're right yeah yeah it was just it was basically like a a elaborate mod for battlefield 4 um because it play it had the same shoot the problem is that the vehicle physics and mechanics in 4 were built around like dune buggies and humvees and tanks so when it was like okay what if we just take the humvee numbers and put them on a prius instead that's an exaggeration i don't think they were priuses but like put it on a sports car basically and basically and it's like no this feels like trash it doesn't feel i mean you want it to they wanted it to feel like be like what if grand theft auto i think but kind of like a multiplayer battlefield shooter but it didn't feel good because the vehicles were not it wasn't designed that and the 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 physics and engine weren't designed really for that I shouldn't say engine because engine can be do, made to do anything but the physics yeah. weren't designed for that from what they were cribbing from battlefield 4 and it ended up just feeling like a bad mod in the multiplayer and the campaign was better than 4's campaign but it wasn't great so and and also it was short so buying a $60 battlefield game which at the time also had a 30 or $40 season pass for the DLC and then 
having shitty multiplayer and playing a like six hour campaign that was middling was did not feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Well, we could talk about this game for two hours, but <laughs> I mean, we will talk about it more when it comes out. I think it's good. I think yeah. I, I yeah. was expecting for people to hate it no matter what they did. And yep. it seems like they do. And they do. Uh, but, but I think, it, I think it's great. And they're still, still all going to buy it and play it. Well, and beyond that, yeah. I think that battlefield sells it's battlefield is not a, uh Oh, Reddit's mad. How's this going to do? Like, Sure. Yeah, this, this me, isn't like this isn't like Hood Outlaws and Legends where it's like, it's, oh shit, yeah. only like ten thousand people are going to buy this game and they're all pissed. It's like, <laughs> okay, millions of people will buy this video game and then maybe yeah. a few thousand of them complain on Reddit. It's not they worth getting that, worried yeah. about. And they got that Sony co marketing, like they'll be fine. Yeah, and to me, like when I got Battlefield Two, and I, I was still relatively young, I didn't realize it was a multiplayer only game. Uh, and this was kind of like that blew my mind back then because what games were multiplayer only when it came to shooters like that's it was around the same time as like half-life 2 and stuff um and even like i'd played quake quake 2 which you know that had a campaign and stuff like that um but the thing was like there weren't that many online communities talking about it back then it was Mm -hmm. purely playing it talking with friends about the stories of like oh man like i got on the ship and you could you could drive the boats and like the big ass aircraft carriers in battlefield two. So like, uh, I drove the ship and like ran it aground and then we used that as a spawn point And then we just rushed the shed out of them with like helicopters and boats and, or like, uh, like whatever. And like, it was stories that you told people in person rather than going to yeah. message boards. And I think that's still the strength of this. Like I, I have many stories of extraordinarily stupid things that have happened in this beta so far. So I imagine like it, it's captured that feeling again in a really cool way. And I don't think people chattering on Reddit about, oh, the gunplay feels like shit when it doesn't. Or, you know, it doesn't feel like the previous game, so it's bad. Like, that doesn't really have that much weight for me personally. But, yeah, I think it's worth trying. It's It seems like it'll be really good. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you are you can buy a month of EA's premium thing. <laughs> That's true. If you want to play it a little bit yeah. without buying it. That's what I did with Battlefield Five, and so I never ended up buying i own it now because it was like five bucks on steam at some point but yeah uh i i I, that's what i did with uh with it at launch and i was like ah this is disappointing to me and then i wasn't out 60 bucks or whatever Uh, Mm -hmm. so yeah maybe maybe i did i don't know maybe i did maybe i did that for battlefield 5 too i don't i feel like you i remember you playing i I played a bit I, i played a bit but yeah i don't remember how much i played and like yeah it it didn't stick with me at all uh like i remember like two of the maps yeah i mean i don't really remember much of the the maps either frankly um the the i i think that the map design that i've seen from this one 2042 map is encouraging to me that was the biggest issue i had with five was it felt like they used like more call of duty like map design methodology but just Mm -hmm. made it bigger Whereas that's not yeah. really what I want. I want like a large open space that has sight lines yeah. blocked by trees and buildings and stuff, yeah. not Which, three lanes. Um, uh-huh. And there's a lot of different, like at least on this map, a lot of different like kinds of battlefield, like battlefields. Uh, yeah, you've got like mountainous terrain and like stuff down by the water, and like a big runway for a rocket and stuff like that. So there's yeah. all sorts of uh, different situations you can get into yep 
Well, we'll see That's, in like a month. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think yeah. it's going to hit its uh, release date or are they going to delay it know. again? Uh, I think if they delayed it, it wouldn't be more than like a, a couple weeks, I think. I think if they delay it again and I'm on their marketing team, I would say, okay, March. Because, like, yes, yeah. they even if they only needed a couple of weeks, I'd be like, look, it's, Halo. it's this is it. This was the window to sell it as a holiday thing. If it comes out in early December, that's where games go to die. It, it sounds real well, good for March. It's, it's, Halo is going to be right there, and Halo doesn't be, matter though because it's a Game Pass thing. Like Microsoft doesn't have to think about sure. that stuff in the same way, and it's free uh, to play. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you know that people if people can go, oh well, I'm just going to hop on Halo, and then okay, I'm never going to think about Battlefield again. Totally. Or if you can get them before Halo and go, okay, we got. Uh, uh, we got Battlefield. Oh, Halo's here. Yeah, I can. You know, I can play both. I bought Battlefield, so I should play more Battlefield. Right. But um, and I think that by the time, it, that's why I would delay it longer than yes. they need. If if I was going to delay yes. it, um, because I also think that by March people are going to be like, oh, hey, uh, there'll be people who play Halo seriously who have been playing the Master Chief Collection all yeah. along anyway. But I think a lot of the people who are like, oh, I've never played a Halo. This one's going to be free. Are going to be bored by March. Um, so yeah, they'll be looking probably. for something else to play. Uh, with longer you know, layers. My migratory gamers all the time. For so sure, they play whatever's. whatever's uh, but I know a couple people who are like, ah, this Battlefield looks cool, but Halo, I'm just going to wait for that and play it for free and not buy a sixty dollars video game. So totally fair. They're going to have to uh, contend with that. But I think There's it's no, easier no to contend. Tornadoes in uh, Halo. Well, and it's easier to contend yeah. with Halo when. Five or six people you know are all yes. playing Battlefield, and you're like, ah, shit. Well, yeah, I could just buy mm-hmm. Battlefield right now rather than wait two weeks for Halo or three weeks or whatever. So I would hope that they get it out the door because um, I would suspect yeah. it'll be a longer delay than what we've seen for business reasons uh, if they do have what to delay is, what it. What is it supposed to be? November? November 19th. Okay. I have a three-day so, weekend shit. that weekend, so I would like for it to be, to be uh, <laughs> same day as Endwalker early access starts. <laughs> oh yeah, which is brutal, but whatever. Dang. I'm I still gotta. Yeah, I gotta finish, finish Shadowbringers. I still gotta finish Stormblood. I'm, I'm barely even halfway through that. And you may or I don't know. You can, but you're it's school time now, so yeah, yeah. Might be tough. I Might like. Tough. I'm. I'm. I'm not too like. Oh, I got to do it at the same time yeah, as know. everyone else. But you know, just my uh, partner should I be should. ready for Endwalker also, so it'll be fun it'll to be, be able to play through. Right, it yeah, the same time. Can, that's the, yeah, that'll be nice. You can play through it together. Um, speaking of playing together, uh, playing together. Yeah, speaking of Final uh-huh. Fantasy 14 and MMOs. Uh, Pat, what the hell have you been doing with Samwise Gamgee? Yeah, so I'll tell you the, the, the tale of Bimothy. So I, I've been playing a lot of New World still, still um, and, you know, obviously want to continue to point out lots of issues and caveats with that game. Go back and listen to last week's discussion. Just Google it, and I'm sure you'll find some some some... Uh, explanations as to why a lot of there's elements of that game that are problematic, et cetera, et cetera. But in general, I'm I'm liking New World a lot um, to play. 
and it has been interesting to watch the political landscape of New World develop. And I don't even mean in terms of real world politics. I mean the ways in which the factions, like the and internal guilds politics. And, yeah, um, it's not very good, but it's funny to watch, and it makes me wonder about the long term. I think things will get better as Twitch streamers move away from it. Um, and it gets to be boring for them. Um, I think there's a potential for it to fall into kind of more of a Sea of Thieves-esque community, which is pretty good. Um, but, okay. like, the so positive... Not not into EVE Online and the nightmare factory that that is. Yeah, EVE Online's uh, tough because there's parts of yeah. EVE Online that are really good and there's parts that are really bad. I mean, EVE Online, there was someone who was, like, driven to commit suicide by people bullying them yeah. in the game yeah. like there are aspects of that community that are oh. um and the one of the people involved was on the community council that worked with the developers oh. yeah uh, he was removed from the council after that yeah. incident but also like I, that someone who's capable of that could rise to that kind of power within eve i think ccp yeah. is um small enough that they don't have the kind of controversy that a lot of teams do and they've been they have yeah. such low turnover and they've been like a tight team for a long time. But I think there's certainly problematic elements of oh, Eve's community. I, I, I mean, oh, yeah, was, yeah, I just, I mean more like the nightmare factory of like what, like factions in the game, oh. like going against each other. And like, do you think there's like the potential, like these are pre-made factions. This isn't like community, like, Oh, right. we're going to make our, our group. And, but so I the think way the way that factions can interact and like raise taxes in certain areas, like is there room I think Eve, for I think that Eve, sort of undermining? Eve is that stuff in Eve is great. What you're yeah. talking about the like in world like toxicity, the espionage. yes, yes, the good, espionage yeah. and the warfare and the um, yeah, that's that fascinating. Yes, when it's not like real life bullying being yeah, delivered no, by the game. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really good. Um, there, the thing with New World is, um, it's that stuff causes imbalance. Like if a player spies, it just creates imbalance. Um, it's not the same. Spying in Eve is like a career path. <laughs> there are yeah. skills and ships built around spying, um, and so it's definitely that way for a reason. Whereas in New World, like you can get. I believe banned if you like cheat okay. and do certain things to manipulate the faction system. That's probably for the best. I think like the positives about the community is I haven't seen, I've seen people being jerks. I have only seen one instance of somebody saying like a slur, for example, in chat and everyone at once was like, yo, let's report that guy and got rid of him. So that's encouraging. Um, but um, the th but anyway, the, the point of all this wasn't really to talk about New World again. Um, I'm having fun with it, but I started making me think about, like, it's just kind of missing something, like cer a certain spark for me. I'm going to keep playing it because my friends are playing it. We're having a good time. But and, and Final Fantasy has always kind of missed this spark for me, too, and I don't fully know what it is. So I ended up, like, <laughs> on this path of I played a little bit of Galaxies on this Galaxy server I found. It's really cool. I if, if it, Star Wars Galaxies, yeah. Yeah, Star Wars Galaxies, yeah. Um this this Restoration 3 server seems really cool. I'm not sure if the community I saw someone in the community saying some stuff that was like 
veiled and I didn't know the context and I don't know them. So maybe it's fine, but it seemed like, Ooh, maybe this community is not great also. And it's relatively small. Like you get like 80 to a hundred people playing per day, which is people, but it's not like the bustling. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've come to realize over the last few years that my favorite kinds of games are games where things are happening outside of my control and things are happening that I can't even see in big spaces. And it doesn't have to be necessarily large spaces. Like when I say big spaces, Deus Ex counts in this regard to me. Like it's not a huge map. Like maps and Deus Ex are relatively tight, but there's a lot of stuff happening and there's a lot of density to them. And so it can look like a game like that. It can look like a game like Skyrim where there's a bunch of NPCs that are maybe doing kind of meaningless routines, but they're at least doing things and the world is happening while I'm running around it and it's vast. And then I think it also extends to MMOs because you've got players running around doing stuff. So to me, population matters to me like on a psychological level. Cause even if I'm going to get the same experience playing with 80 other players that I'd get playing with a thousand other players, I like the idea of this world having lots of people doing things in it. Um, so Galaxy's cool. I might go back to it at some point because I love the systems in that game. Um, I checked in on Dark Age of Camelot, which is still yeah. being operated by <gasps> EA. There's a oh. studio that they have that... I didn't realize uh, it was officially still up. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is still... You still... Um, you can play... Huh. Uh, for free there's a limited game you can play for free and then you could pay a $15 a month subscription fee to play oh. fucking dark age camelot if you want to um and it oh. seems like the developer they're called broadsword that uh, manages it they seem to do a really pretty good job um there's like the they they're doing like a 20th anniversary thing that's like a little event they're not doing big huge new expansions but they seem like they're trying to figure out like they have different servers available that do that are at different to kind of have different rule sets and stuff. Um, they really seem like they're trying to figure it out. And um, I don't, I saw like this mmopopulation.com site indicates that there's a ton of people playing it. But then I also saw a post from two years ago saying that there's only like 50 people online at a time. So I, it, it, I don't know what the real numbers are like. Um, clearly enough for ea to continue running the servers uh how, how many yeah. how many people are just subscribed well, to it and, for, and have forgotten who knows? yeah and also i imagine the amount of infrastructure required to run that is probably almost nothing yeah yeah exactly like, like how powerful do the, the servers have to be to run that like the the discord nothing. has a few has like ten thousand people in it with like a thousand or two online at any time in discord. So I don't know. I might, I might dip into it a little bit more. Um, cause I think that game rules. It has like 19 races and 45 classes, um, playing a little bit of it. I was like, man, this is such a cool game. Uh, like it is, it is very old ass MMO. You click on an enemy and then they call abilities styles. So it's like a hot bar game that has like, oh, so you're styling on them. Yeah, it has the yeah. same kind of combo build mechanics that something like Final Fantasy or other uh, other games have. I don't know if this is part of your MMO journey. I know which one is coming. I know what we're leading up to, but have you ever played Mabinogi? No, I know of it. 
I never played it though. It it seems like a thing you might enjoy just because it's yeah, it's got a lot of that just unique weirdness and mm-hmm. just a lot of like the MMO just kind of the stuff you can only get in MMOs when lots of people are playing it kind of feel. Yeah. I'll like, definitely it, it, add it to the list. Yeah, and I, I think. I don't know if official servers are still running, but there's definitely some fan servers and yeah, it's worth, it's I, worth playing in my opinion. Like I don't like, I prior to playing M uh, FF 14, I was not an MMO fan, but I liked and respected Mabinogi. So I got to give uh, runescape another look too. Cause as much as it's a meme, I've had some people say it, it may actually have some of the things I'm looking for, which eventually, so, you know, the things that I'm looking for as I play these games and realize I'm looking for kind of like mechanically dense systems, frankly. Um, and I think that's the issue that I have with final fantasy 14, which is a game I like. And I know that it has some of that density at the extreme end of the playing very high level raids and stuff. But the fact of the matter is that I've played that game for like 200 hours, I think probably at least, um, maybe closer to three. I don't know. Um, and I don't know, I couldn't tell you what the stats are even, not even what they mean, but piety is one I know. Um, like I, I, the, 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 the character screen, when I open all those numbers, they're just gibberish because they don't matter while you're playing through the story, which will take you hundreds of hours. <laughs> so it, it's, it's that, that is something that I find like I, I, I don't love that about it. I love the story. Uh, so I'm going to continue to play it. It's a, it's true of a lot of RPGs that you don't really pay attention to the stats that much, but I think there's a sort of, once I'm caught up with the story in final fantasy 14, I don't know if I'm going to be someone who goes into the harder high end content. I might be the kind of person that drops my sub waiting for another story patch and then picks it back up as they add more story. Um, we'll see. I'll probably dabble in that stuff to see if I like it. New world has some more of that mechanical density to me, but it's also such a young game that I know I'm going to run out of content at some point. And I don't know if the PVP situation will be there to, to kind of pick that up. We'll see. It doesn't have a monthly sub, so it's an easier one to just kind of dip into now and then. Um, And so, you know, some of this wandering around different MMOs is built around the idea of like, if I were to play something, an MMO every day after I'm done with the new world content and I'm done with the final fantasy story, what might it be? Um, and, uh, it's not like the, 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 the last, the most recent one that I've checked out, I don't want to give the impression that it's like, and it all came down to this. Cause it's just that this just happens to be the one that I, I dipped into last night a little bit. Uh, I'm going to continue. I think I'm going to turn a lot of this into a piece because I am interested in the way culturally MMOs, the space they occupied 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and how different it is now compared to how it was then. Um, And I think a huge portion of that is the way that we communicate now online. Like when I played um, my first MMO was Final Fantasy XI, I would have had no clue at all how to talk to somebody about final fantasy 11 other than sending them a pm or in like shout chat talking <laughs> like there was there was no like reddit for final fantasy 11 at the i mean some of that stuff did start to develop far earlier than i was paying attention to it but i think for a lot of people like me 
we weren't going on to maybe you went on an IRC or something, but even then it would be with like a couple hundred other people who play the game. AOL keyword. Funny yeah, like <laughs> it just it just wasn't BBS, you know. There yeah, I mean and then maybe web forums which were super asynchronous and stuff like when college even when a lot of these communication tools were starting to become more evolved still i played eve online and the primary way that we communicated in eve online was in either going into the team speak where there may be a few other people who could fill you in on what happened over the last 12 hours or you just go in game and go in corp chat and say like okay what happened did we lose this did we lose this and um new world is capturing a little bit of that for me but i think generally it's um, like you can never really have a nobody knows how Jedi works moment again with a popular MMO because yeah. the way people data mine shit and the way people brute force things, it, there's every game like this is just going to turn into a spreadsheet. Um, yeah. And I, th- I think that that's at the core of why it's hard to recapture the magic of older MMOs. But I'm also interested in that as a design challenge and as like a conceptual challenge too. Um, so I'm going to keep playing and, and maybe put a piece together just kind of about MMOs as a genre. But anyway, the thing that I ended up playing last night <laughs> while well, I was looking, I just was like looking at clickbait articles of like best MMOs in 2021 because I was just curious, like what are there, yeah. are there, because one of the things that I think could solve this for me is if the, I think now you, there's a prospect of indie MMOs that never existed in the past mm. because nobody had the smaller teams and studios didn't have the infrastructure for that. But now you, you can do that. I mean, there's a billion survival games that run like per, that, that run official servers and they're just really affordable to run. Um, yeah. And I've seen some indie MMOs that I'm, I haven't really been interested in, but I was like, eh, maybe there's a, there's, there's a gem out there. I haven't stumbled upon that's, that's going on. Some- wasn't there a Kickstarter MMO that people were getting pretty psyched on that's supposed to be releasing soon? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, uh, give me a sec. I'll see if I can that find sounds, it. sounds... There's always Worm Online, which I will absolutely end up at at some point in my wandering, although it's not getting a very good reception right now on Steam. So Ouch. <laughs> it seems a little like it might be in a rough spot. Oh, uh, Ashes of Creation is what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. Uh, I've looked into that, yeah. too. It yeah, looks I've, pretty I've, cool. I've heard positive things about that, and that's an indie MMO. So, yeah, it, you're yeah. right. It is a different space because MMOs, especially back in the WoW days and when people were making WoW killers, is the kind of thing. Well, like look at um, Old Republic uh, or Star Trek Online or you know other things that came out around that time. Those were massive, massive investments for all of the content that needed to be created on top of all yep. the infrastructure and those sank so many studios because it was so much, so much to do. But yeah, the fact that an indie space can start to take that on is kind of exciting. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Um, and, um, yeah, I think there's still a a room for an MMO to happen that, that nails it. There's games that are trying things like Albion online and stuff that I think are, are stabbing in a cool direction, but I still want the, the game with the and I and you know I like the old visuals. I've come around to the point where I like the way Dark Age Camelot looks. It looks super fucking dated, but to me, it's it's it's. I look at it and go, man, this is cool looking. Man, this is like 
there's so much room for you to fill in the gaps with your imagination and stuff. It's, it's very cool. Uh, anyway, one of the games that I saw on this list, <laughs> I was like, Jesus, that's still running <laughs> is, um, based on classic literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings online. Yep. Uh, which I looked into some and like people fucking love that game still. Yep. You know, the way people talk about final fantasy 14, people talk about Lord of the Rings online like that. People talk about how it's one of the best stories they've played in a game. People talk about how it's like the most, fa- most faithful, even more so than the movies, the most faithful adaptation of Tolkien's work that anyone has ever put together. Um, wow. People talk about how like living, how playing that game is like living in middle earth and stuff like, that's just bizarre because like you think of an MMO like you don't think of like playing through like a movie story. Are you playing through the story? No. The I mean, I mean the story of the books is happening, but you are not playing okay. through it. You are okay. a random this is why it works, I think. You are a random nobody who there's some chosen one stuff there that's like, you know, early on you have a dream where Galadriel's like, you also have an important role to play in this. But it's mm-hmm. definitely like your role is kill a lot of orcs so that they can't kill the fellowship kind of thing. Make, make some leather bags. And, and so <laughs> I started, I, I rolled up a, a, um, a hobbit minstrel, which is one of the healing classes. Yeah. Um, okay. and Sick. the opening in the opening, you're like on the road and there's a guard there and he's like, Oh, it's late at night. You should get, you should really be careful out here and stuff. And then none other than Frodo and, and Sam and um, Pippin wander up the road talking about food. And then uh, there's, it's, it's basically like the scene where the black rider shows up. They just insert you and this other character there. So you mean the very start of the fellowship? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nice. And, uh, and, and you end up, uh, running away because there's this black rider there and it wants you to tell you tell it where the baggins are and you're like oh we don't know and it lets you you sprint away and have to fight some spiders and stuff and then there's these bandits that show up and um mundo baggins it's a character that's referenced in the books but he's like there's these bandits who are going to like kidnap him and take him to the black riders because sauron is looking for bagginses and then strider shows up and rescues you and everything and strider sorry aragorn. Aragorn. Uh, oh, it's before they know you. he's aragorn they call him strider okay. when he's still just the ranger of the north uh and then you end up in brie um in a village and one of strider's ranger pals is injured and he's like i gotta go because this baggins is not the one that's important so this is not my baggins yeah this is not my baggins it's not the baggins that they're looking for this village is pretty fucked though, so you should stay here and help them, but I'm gonna go. Uh <laughs> and uh and and it's it's really good. <laughs> like it is a definitely a, a, a yeah. two thousand seven ass MMO. I mean you're I, I the but but also the the structure of the combat and the way that the character the class works, it's like compare I would compare it to like the better classes in Final Fantasy fourteen. Like the minstrel has like a damage stance and you're playing bits of music as abilities. Um, and they refer to them as like minor and major ballads. And then you, and then once you have enough buffs, you can play anthems and codas. 
and they all have different effects and do different like buffs to you while also damaging the enemy. So it's like this interesting combo system where you're kind of building us a, a performance. Um, and it's good. I mean, it's just mashing buttons on a hot bar, just like final fantasy or any other of these kinds of MMOs, but it, it plays pretty well. And, um, you know, I find the visuals very charming, uh, even though they're old and dated. One of the wild things about this is that this game is getting a visual update next year. I don't know what it's going to look like, how much of an overhaul uh, it's going to be. An official one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is all official. <laughs> There's a new expansion coming out okay. in November, in about a month. Um, I forget what uh, it's called. It's like I, called like the Perils of Gundabad. And it's the culmination of the fourth (laughs) arc. It's like their fourth story arc that they've done. And um, it's like they're basically like around the end of the books, um, of of the Lord of the Rings books. Uh, Like the Fellowship was at the Black Gates, I guess, at the start of the the last last, uh, expansion. And I guess Damn, the intention. Slow. Well, yeah, I think. It's, I mean, it seems like the intent is to keep running the game for a long time because there, it's that Amazon show is coming, and so I guess there's a bunch uh, of. I don't know if it's planned crossover content, uh, but the articles I was reading was they basically okay. well, see the Amazon show as a okay. new life for the game. So I mean, how, you get more people interested in Lord of the Rings because uh, that that sh- that show is a prequel. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess there's no reason you couldn't do like some weird time travel shit. I guess, but okay, like this game came out in 2012. I, I thought it like, came out earlier than that too. I think that's when it came to Steam. Oh, but that was yeah, that was when it came to Steam. It's free to play. What isn't there like a what is it? Battle for Middle Earth? Isn't that a game? That is a game. Is that, but Lotro is beloved. No, 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 no. Like I, I definitely had friends yeah, yeah, yeah. who played it in college. Like throughout college and they loved it and i I imagine they still love it yeah like Uh, but but my question is canonically in lord of the rings how long did the whole journey take like from the start of fellowship to the end so well the 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 start of fellowship so like then there's like like when (laughs) bilbo leaves gandalf is like oh shit i gotta i'll gotta go and then he's gone for like 30 years and then he comes back and then, like, from there, it's, like, a year. Yeah. So they're All not really right, starting so. at the start-start of the Fellowship at this point. They're starting yeah. at the point where they yeah. set off yeah. from Mordor. The start um, of, yeah, the start uh, of the sure. actual journey. But the Fellowship Dang. is, like, the Time entire dilation. story that takes place is, like, And yeah, I don't like know how much. Years. A lot of this is based on reading, <laughs> like, forum posts and stuff. So I don't know. I could be totally <laughs> wrong in, in, in my... Um telling of it (laughs) so um i was also looking up some lord of the rings fiction while we were talking about this because it's been a long time since i've even thought of lord of the rings and i found a post from october 11th 2002 posing the question who is stupider mary or pippin (laughs) that's funny um let's see it's it looks like it's about two years that the that uh, the, the books take place over Mary's the the dumb one, dumb but brave. Uh, right? In uh, uh, interestingly, see. it's it's a poll, and eighty eight percent of the poll says Pippin. <laughs> oh, um, on here I will 
I will link that in the show notes because <laughs> that is an important piece of it's an important historical document at this point. Um, Remember, they're making a Gollum game. Oh God, yeah. is that still in production? So, in September twenty third, on September twenty third, thirty eighteen. A ring wraith arrives in Hobbiton at nightfall. Frodo, Sam, and Pippin leave Bag End. And oh fuck, I forgot it was called Bag End. <laughs> and on October sixth, so stupid thirty twenty one, sack Bag End. Uh, Samwise returns to Bag yep. End. So two, three, it's like God. two years ish. Fuck, um, Lord of the Rings is so stupid. I love it. No, it's it's not stupid. <laughs> it's good. Tolkien was full of those like jokes though. He was just like taking the piss out of cul-de-sac. He's like, it's and stupid. just like various <laughs> things throughout. Uh, anyway, uh, Lord Anyways. of the Rings Online seems seems like it's still very good. Um, and Sick. if you, uh, this is not a like ad or an endorsement because it's free to play. So you know, do the fuck what you want. I'm not telling you to spend. I have seen some stuff that the company that runs it right now like tried to scam some people out of their lifetime subscriptions. Um, <laughs> I don't know how true that is. You know, people, customer service complaints tend to be like, but it has this, this, the game has extremely positive steam reviews, but the few that are negative are like, don't give this company your money. They're evil. So which, which company is it called? They're called standing stone games. No idea. Yeah. Is is that Uh, all they've worked on? Um, they also run dungeons and dragons online currently. And they seem to be a shell company for Daybreak, which used to be Sony yeah. Online Entertainment. Oh, um, okay. So it seems like so that makes sense. They, when I guess I haven't put any money into Lord of the Rings Online, but I guess when you spend money on their store, it shows up on your credit card as Daybreak Games. Um, so there does seem like there's a little bit of weird something <laughs> with the way that these companies are subsidiaries and stuff. Yeah, but. Eh, I don't know. I eh, mean, people, people, all you have to do is look at the Steam reviews. People who are like, oh, yeah, I have 10,000 hours in this game and it's, and I'm still playing it every day and stuff. And like when I was, well, I made this, I was in this intro area. I saw like 10 other people while I was playing. It was not quite as busy as like a wow, but yeah. it was populated for sure. Well, you know what, you know what they say? It takes 10,000 hours to become a master of Lotro. I guess um, if you I will say in case anybody hears this and is like, I'm going to fucking play Lord of the Rings online. There's this coupon code for called <laughs> it's like Lotro Quest 2021. You get like <laughs> like a ton of stuff for free and it's all like coupon quest packs. Code. The way they monetize this game, you can pay for a sub every month and you get faster XP gain and stuff. But um, you can also play it for free. It's kind of like Elder Scrolls online. Um they sell like quest packs. So it'll be like this pack has 300 wow. quests for level 45 to 50 or something. Dang. Um, and uh, you get like 20 of those quest packs for free with this coupon, which seems like it's at least like 30 or $40 worth of content. The very minimum. Um, so yeah. I can't believe there's coupon codes in 2021 for a 2007 game. That's it's pretty like, cool. Like I'm not, that's not a incredulous oh, no. upsetness. It's like, that's, fantastic that's so yeah, interesting it's awesome <laughs> I, i'm really happy that these games exist still and i i want to see um them preserved because i think they're awesome and um 
in the case of this game. I mean, I think there is a real chance that I could end up playing Lord of the Rings online after I get wrapped up with a lot of this other story stuff and some of these other games because I'm really enjoying the writing. I think it's pretty good as MMOs from 2007 go. I'm not going to sit here and say it's like <laughs> some transcendent story or anything, but um it's pretty good and the combat's fun enough as MMOs go. Uh and I would like to see where it goes. Um maybe make a uh like there's a couple of paid classes that came with old expansions that you can't really buy unless you find a code for them on Amazon. Uh, but yeah. Lord of the Rings games all in all pretty solid. I would say, uh, um, there's some clunkers, yeah, but, but, but the good yeah, ones are really I, good. The ratio is better than with star Wars. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Like, uh, like Oh, the by fellow, far like, there, there was a, f- did any of you play the fellowship game? On uh, PS2? Like on PS2, yeah. Yeah. That was and a good, like, weird game, like, but a good game. I, I, I got, yeah, so I got stuck like early on, like in the forest after you escape Hobbiton. And like, would you go to sleep? Uh, and then like, there's a boss fight against the tree and I just couldn't figure it out. Uh, but I've always wondered, like, should I go back to that and like try Probably. and uh, play that? Cause, I mean,. I guess that's what we're going to be doing in 2021 is going back to early to mid 2000s Lord of the Rings games. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> go the fuck back to Hell old yeah. games. Play Do more it, old dude. games. Everybody play more old games. Sorry, I'm, officially sorry hitting a, I'm officially hitting a point in my life where I'm like, you know what? Video games were better a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the angry video game nerd and nostalgia critic had it right all along. Yeah. Who knows if I... I it's just kind of cute. That Lord of the Rings Gollum game... It's release date on Steam is lurking until the time is right. That's like when you search Lord of the Rings, that's the release date that shows yeah. up. And Andy Circus is majorly involved with that, right? I don't uh, know much about that game at all, I'll be honest with you. Could be. But sorry, uh, but yeah, sorry for interrupting. Andre, you were making a salient point and I interrupted you about oh, no, no, early two no, thousands games. It's it's true. Like uh there are plenty of like games from that era that are totally worth revisiting and that are super solid you know from any era there's always good games uh, to go back certainly and check s- out but it's just weird how like lord of the ring like the fellowship game like i'm it's fond in my mind even though like i got stuck and like i never like i didn't get very far didn't beat it or anything but then, I think, like the two towers video game and the return of the king video game i played so much oh, those are great i yeah. think the thing about lord of the rings games is for whatever reason they actually tried to do like interesting stuff with them. Like, you know, the fellowship game, if I recall, it was like a weird mix of adventure game and RPG and platformer. And there was like, there was, like a lot of stealth stuff. Like, yeah, to, like get, it get had a lot of different rider. And, right. It had like even, a lot of different gameplay modes to it. Uh, you and, even look at how experimental they got with the nemesis system. Like that was really cool. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean is like the, and then they yeah. did those, those, um, those two towers and return of the King. Those games were like co-op brawlers, but they also had really cool character progression mechanics in them that yeah. made them like fun for me. I don't normally like those kinds of games cause I think they're boring, but those games were like, okay, but also if we do this bonus objective over here, then I can get an extra point that lets me, have this make my sword look cooler and stuff. Um, yeah, they'll light and, my sword on fire and do sitcoms. Yeah, 
Um, so that was cool. The, you know, shadow games are neat because they're like, at first glance, you're like, oh, this is just Assassin's Creed. And then you play it and you're like, oh, wait, actually, there's a lot going on here um, that's pretty interesting. So they're, they're, I think they're pretty good. Even they did a pretty good RTS um, back a while ago. Oh, yeah. And, the... um, and then I forget yeah. Lord of the Rings Conquest was like it was the first Battlefront. I think it was made by Pandemic. And it was the first Battlefront, but God. adapted to Lord of the Rings. So yeah. it was like a multiplayer conquest game, oh. almost like a battlefield. And you played as sold like grunt soldiers. And then now and then you, you, you would get to play as the heroes, just like mm-hmm. how in Battlefront, it was like you played as stormtroopers and rebels. And then sometimes you got to be Luke yeah. Skywalker. Um, and that yeah. game was flawed, but such a cool thing. And like predated a lot of other games that would do that sort of like and multiplayer conquest melee game. Weren't the I mentioned we can get off of Lord of the Rings soon, but um, weren't the Lego Lord of the Rings games some of the earlier ones too? They were the first ones that had voice acting uh, because they just yeah. used like the clips from right. the movies. That's tr- yeah, I remember that. So they weren't like early ones, but they were like kind of the start of the shift in like right. how how they were presented. Should, should Lego talk, etc. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, Lord of the Rings games cool. Old MMOs cool. I'm gonna keep playing old MMOs and 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 kind of skip around and maybe play some newer ones that I didn't put a lot of time into and see where they're at these days. Maybe put a piece together. Sounding like you're stuck in some sort of time loop, Pat. Um, like you're just you're just reliving. Let's do the time reliving warp the, again. Yeah, so I'll reliving say, the games of yesteryear that you've played again and again. You just wake up and you're like, I'm going to play this game. Then you wake up again and go, I'm just going to play this game. And it's this, the same is this, game. this is a segue to twelve men. No, no, thank God. <laughs> Please, never again. Uh, uh, reevaluate. <laughs> Pat is here to reevaluate his opinions on twelve minutes. Let me think about it. <laughs> No, it still sucks. Um, uh, no, so I finally started playing um, the Echoes of the Eye DLC for the Outer Wilds, which um, is one I thought I would end up being like, oh my god, I gotta play this day one. The th- New World fucked my shit up because for the first week, you had to sit in two hour long queues to get hmm. into the servers, and it was like extremely resource intensive on your PC while you sat in the queue because it loaded like a scene that was like very dense with stuff and your character was on screen. So it basically was like it was running the game. So you couldn't like just queue and then minimize it really because that game is not super well optimized. So like it runs fine for me, but it's not like, you know, like my partner sometimes will have final fantasy and while running at the same time and tab between them you can't really do that with new world and other games. So anyway, I didn't end up starting echoes of the eye because I was trying to play that game with my friends, new world with my friends and not get totally left in the dust in terms of my level and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll say, I think I'm in the credits for echoes of the eye. So keep that in mind. I did some play testing with them. That was extremely cool. Uh, 
and I couldn't talk about for yep. a very long time. Uh, and we had, we had to be quiet about it too, but it sounded <laughs> rad at the time. <laughs> uh, and I didn't really even tell anybody anything <laughs> about it then because yep. I was under NDA. Um, and, uh, I didn't get like super deep in echoes of the eye. I don't have super long form thoughts on it. Um, but, uh, holy crap, like seeing the, like the placeholder art. And then I knew the premise of this DLC, which I won't spoil for people when I got into it last night and like, holy shit. When I saw like one of the new spaces you go to, I just was like, this is so much more impressive than I would have even thought it would look at a very high level. Is it something that's kind of following the end of that game or is it kind of a branch from the original path? It's well, I don't know for sure. It turns out I thought I played a very big chunk of it when I play tested it. And it's, I actually Mm. played maybe a third of it. Maybe Um, it is actually from what I hear, five to eight hours long depending on how much you solve how quickly you solve the 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 puzzles but it is it is definitely in the outer wilds tradition of i guess like looking at it and going this is probably x length and then it turns out it's two or three times longer than what you thought it was uh which is great um yeah is it slotting in just like like if yes. you started if you started out a wild as a new player, could you just like stumble yes. upon it like you totally. stumble upon everything else? Okay. Uh yep. That's um, pretty cool. You, it's uh it's 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 not obviously tied to the kind of objective core objective yeah. in Outer Wilds, but um the time loop is still happening. Um it has much like the other I mean I guess if you want com- absolute complete I'm not gonna spoil anything about the mechanics of it or how to act like how to do anything in it but if you want complete and total blindness and you haven't started playing it yet as a, as, a, as far as the game is concerned pause turn the volume down for a couple minutes i'm not going to talk about it for very long um but the way that the game introduces the dlc is it'll say like hey um there's a new exhibit in the observatory on timber hearth and you go there and um the it's it's like a there's a sign on the wall that says new exhibit and it's like Oh yeah, we have this awesome satellite that gives that that's that's the way we're able to look at a map of the solar system and it's uh it, there it's all managed from this radio station that's um on on the north or like out there on Timber Hearth. And so then you kind of fly around the planet a little bit and you find this new radio station and in it there's like this recording that's like Oh yeah, we got the satellite working and everything. It's so cool. But man, uh, I'm printing out these pictures from it and it's amazing. I've never seen pictures like this before. That's a really weird looking thing in one of the pictures, but whatever uh, must be a problem with the lens. And that's kind of like the breadcrumb to go off and find this thing. Um, it's not as, it's not as simple to access as like the other stuff in that game. I think they very smartly slotted it in. So if you're a new player, you're probably just going to take off and be like, Oh, I want to go to giants deep oh, I want to go to the Hourglass Twins because you can just see them. And then more than likely, I would think you would want to go, okay, well, I'm going to play through this stuff that I now have a bunch of rumors for. I'll look at that radio tower and when it connects. And it, I don't think it ever will because it is content that's separate from everything else. But, um, and I will say, I part of the I played for like two hours last night. The first hour was just spent playing Outer Wilds, (laughs) not the new content, but just like checking off some rumor log stuff. I was like, oh, this is fun because I know how to do this. So I can just go here and not mess with the puzzle 
and just immediately end up in this place that normally would probably take you a few hours to get to, um, which is fun. But um, yeah, the DLC introduces some new mechanical concepts in smart ways um, and uh, beautiful to look at. Um, I mean, truly, if you're not someone who played the first, the, the original game and you don't like adventure games and you don't want to play it, I would at least look up some playthroughs of this thing because if you, one of the things that's so impressive about outer wilds is the way that visually everything is just happening and systemically as well. Like it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a large space where things are happening all the time. The same thing is true here. And it is stunning to look at like the way that this, that this space that you are operating in is kind of changing over the course of the loop and stuff. Um, and I also, this isn't a spoiler cause it pops on the menu when you launch it. There's a thing, and this wasn't evident in my playtesting at all, really, uh, that's like Echoes of the Eye may be too intense for some players. If you want a, a more relaxing experience, you can check the Reduced Frights box in the Options menu. And okay. from what I have heard, and this is not a spoiler because I haven't even gotten any of this stuff yet, but it is straight up like scary as fuck at parts of this DLC. <laughs> like horror game, like... I don't know. I haven't heard people say amnesia, but it sort of sounds like maybe Sick. there's some like actual like, physical danger stuff that you have to avoid that is scary. Um, kind of maybe kind of like Subnautica. Like uh, I don't know if we're you've actually we we know, but because Subnautica definitely had some of that kind of this is scary as fuck moments. I think it's more like I mean because Outer Wilds has a creepy vibe pretty frequently. Um, like even going back to going to giants deep was one of the things I did when I started again, I was like, man, this is unsettling to be here like mm-hmm. with these huge tornadoes and yeah. the you go under, is Yeah. Oh, that stuff yeah. is already kind of spooky. Yeah. I do think that this is more directly like you are walk. I think again, these aren't spoilers because I don't know for sure. I haven't played it, but I suspect that it is you're walking around a space trying to complete objectives while something malicious is like coming after you. Um, and scaring you um, or if not malicious it is at least there is another entity around that is scary <laughs> uh, so anyway seems like if you like that game I haven't seen anyone say anything negative about it, it has incredible reviews on Steam for the DLC it seems like people love it um, the only things that uh, complaints I've seen is people saying yo what the fuck I didn't want to play a horror game but I am saying I want to play horror games please take all the games I love and make them scary. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's exciting to me. Let's put some jump scares in Civ six, baby. Uh, <laughs> Gandhi pop. Gandhi yeah. pops oh up Gandhi on your screen. Just swinging screaming. Screen to scream at me. Yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> I, I'm excited to continue to play it. Um, it's, it's, it makes me want to play it at night though. That's the only thing since it is kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've played so far, by the way, it's not like it's like you hit the jump and you're immediately in a horror game either, to be clear. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen anything scary in the, the hour of the DLC that I've played, so. Gotta get on that. Like, uh, it's Outer well, Worlds, incredible game, and... Let me rephrase. Something scary happened, but it was an Outer Wild scary kind of thing. It was a, oh shit, oh fuck, oh god, oh god, not a the vastness monster. of space 
<laughs> sort of. <laughs> uh-huh, it was okay. like, oh, I'm just walking across this 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 planet, and now there's a meteor, and oh god, I'm falling, uh-huh. and oh god, there's a black hole, and what's going to uh-huh, happen uh-huh. to us now? Yeah. Yeah. It was that kind of stuff. Not yeah, uh, uh-huh. not a monster <laughs> attacking me. It, yeah, that stuff just all came together and made like an incredible game. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, absolutely phenomenal and. So yeah, I'm excited to get to that uh, DLC when I do. It uh, when, when that'll be, I don't know, but continues uh, to I, be I, my uh, favorite video game. <laughs> uh, so I definitely recommend it. Right. Well, speaking of people's favorite video games, I'm sure Alex is here to tell us about his favorite video game. <laughs> Dota Two. Dota Two. <laughs> I, hey, you take you take that however you want. You, I, this is, I mean, it's your, of it's those, your game. Of those two, I would actually probably say that Dota Two is probably my favorite game, even though I don't really play it anymore. Um, like, I think just I think we've talked about this before, where I would say that objectively, it's probably the best game ever made, and I would still stand by that. Um, like, I I have a lot of fond memories and, like, affection for League of Legends, even though I don't play it anymore. Like, I, I do think, like, oh, man, what if I played League of Legends? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, like had I, I, you know, I enjoyed my time. And, you know, the d- different strokes for different folks. But, yeah, like, just because you don't play it anymore doesn't mean, like, you can't think it's really good. Yeah. Like, I think it's incredible. It's just I have moved on from that part of my life. But something and, I don't move on from is whenever the international is happening. And currently the international is happening <laughs> uh ti10 which originally was supposed to be last year originally was supposed to be in sweden uh but got canceled because of just you know the world um and it's back baby it's back it's better than ever uh it was supposed to be in sweden again but it got moved because sweden what, what was it what i forget pat do you remember how they phrased it uh, they basically said like, oh, uh, we don't want like it, it has to be a major sporting event to take place in this arena and esports don't count. So Valve was like, fuck it. We're going to Bucharest in Romania. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And and then a couple days ago or last week, um, they were going to have it in an arena in Bucharest. However, they refunded everyone's tickets because uh, it turns out Romania has um one of the highest or sorry the lowest vaccination rates in europe and they're currently having good choice uh, they took they chose well yeah they're having somewhat of uh an outbreak to the extent where they were just like you know what let's just let's just not (laughs) so um so it's one really funny side effect that's been happening of this is the fact that um valve or the i don't know if it's valve or the casters or the production crew is occasionally just piping in like crowd cheering noises like basically almost like a laugh track but like crowds getting hyped and they will do it for like completely arbitrary things like the first last hit of (laughs) the mid lane or something it'll just be like the crowd goes wild and it's really hilarious for what it's worth that does happen. Crowds do TI. do that. Yeah. It is. It is like, very. I've I've been to two TIs and one hundred percent that does happen. I so when I, you can hear, I can't remember now if it's that I had streams going and I was spectating, or if it was that when you spectate, you just get the commentary audio and, it, and you can hear the crowd noise. I think it's the latter actually. Um, when you spectate TI matches, um, yeah. and 
there's definitely times when like the crowd has cheered and I've been like, they cheered 20 minutes into the match because someone scored a deny (laughs) and it wasn't even like, Like, it's just like stuff happening in lane. Yeah. And it's because the crowd is so tapped in to know that like, Oh, if he had been able to get that last hit, he would have been able to get his blink dagger. So Uh that's why it's good because there's a, so yeah. Yeah. There was a League of Legends match years ago where someone, like, every time a ward was killed, like, the crowd just went absolutely nuts. And it was, yeah. like, for that entire match, people going wild. Also, League of Legends, they're, they're like, international. The, their world is happening right now as well. Yeah. Uh, weird is timing. it the first time? Weird timing uh, on that. Is it the first time yeah, they've been happening at the same interna- time? Probably. Like, international is yeah. usually in August-ish, right? Mm-hmm. So this is uh, normally yeah. when Worlds is for leagues. So yep. because of like all the COVID stuff and the pandemic and yada yada, it just lined up this time. League is doing like they're doing like multiple areas. I think I don't know, but yeah, you're uh, international. Look, all I'm saying like, is they're doing like I think in like multiples. Like they're doing like some some matches here and then after like oh. two week, like a week later, it's like here. I think. All I'm but saying is Seattle close. has one of the best vaccination rates in the country and there's a newly renovated arena that, you know, arena? August of next year. Well, now it's called climate change arena. Um, oh. Really? Uh, yeah. Amazon <laughs> bought the naming rights and they named it climate change arena. I'm I didn't know that. Oh God. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Oh it's, 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 it's oh, awful. Wow. It is an just exemplary it, of the worst parts of Seattle. Just call it uh, Amazon new world arena. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, Holy crap. That's just amazing. call it the, just call it like <laughs> anti-union arena. Um, <laughs> Union busting arena. Yeah, uh, something's about to bust, and it's the unions in our arena. Um, but uh, I'm just saying, August of next year, it's going to be pretty empty and good vaccination rates, and you know, yeah. I mean, I've the two TIs I went to were both in Key Arena, and it was a fantastic time. Um, I heard the Vancouver one was also pretty fantastic. That's why I heard a friend of mine went up there and to see yeah. it. it was like the first I, oh, year I lived I, here. I, I almost went and I should have, cause it was a really good year for it too. If I um, had been more, if I had been more settled, I think I would have, um, I was still like gate making some friends and, and stuff. If I had known that my friend yeah. was going, um, this was before we were like friends friendly enough for me to be like, Hey, can I hang out with you at TI? Oh, sure. Um, but yeah. at this point, if, if I knew they were going up there, I would be like, yo, we don't yeah. have the room together, but can yeah. we sit together? But yeah, so long story short, because we could talk, I could talk about TI at length, but we've already talked about a bunch of games at length. Um, if you have never watched competitive Dota and you have any inkling of interest, I would very heavily recommend watching TI. Um, even these group stages, I think getting into the group stages might be a bit much because there's so much of it like group stages is every team playing every other team essentially like they're split into uh groups so it's not exactly that but um like it's a lot of games and there's like i think there's five streams that happen simultaneously because there's up to four games happening at once but and the first one is like an aggregator that switches between them um so 
See, league can, league doesn't do that. They want you to watch every single game. They yeah, well, they will do. They, they take will their do time, that. But with TI, they will do that um, past when they have the group stages. Like when it's the actual tournament, then you then it's kind of like a main stage event. Um, yeah, but like TI is the best time of the year to watch Dota, in my opinion. Like the the majors are always great, uh, but TI is where you know everybody's on their A game and. Even in these uh, group stages, there have been some absolutely bonkers matches. Like, um, I think there was a match between OG, who are reigning two-time back-to-back champions. I think they were, they were also the first back-to-back champions and also the first mm-hmm. to win two TIs. But they were playing against Virtus Pro and were extremely, extremely far behind. And spoilers, sorry for a group stage game that happened a couple days ago, but um, they were extremely far behind. Like in Dota, uh, kills don't matter that much. It's more about like how much gold you have, how much uh, net worth you have, how much levels you have and, you know, things of that nature and how much momentum you have ultimately. What you do with the kill that matters. Yeah, for sure. Like you can be really behind in kills, but have most of the towers and you're still probably going to win because of gold and just, you know, momentum and map control and things like that. And OG was extremely far behind in all aspects. Like if you were to throw up a graph, it, it would have looked like, you know, that's like a 10% win chance and they fucking won. <laughs> and it was very hype. Even if you're just watching it from home and watching it like totally by your own. Yeah. It was basically Virtus pro whiffing one fight, like basically using one ability poorly and then the momentum 100% shifted in the blink of an eye. And then they just won. It was super fantastic. And there's like lots of moments like that to where if you don't know Dota, like if you've never watched uh, a MOBA ever, um, Dota, it, it can be hard to parse because there's so much going on. And like the UI is pretty dense and there's a lot of mechanics like uh, there's a lot of items. There's a lot of modifiers like, oh, is, does this person have an egg scepter? Do they have a shard? Oh, what does the shard actually do? What are their abilities in the first? Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. But in general, the casters are doing a pretty decent job splitting between people who know that, who have that knowledge and like throwing in just enough nuggets of information to keep you going if you don't. Uh, and if you watch in the in game client, there's lots of ways to like hover over the abilities, pause the live match, figure out what's going on. And um, I don't know if, uh, May, I know you're in the chat. Maybe you'll know if you're watching more than I am. Uh, but do they still do the noob stream? Because there used to be a noob stream, which was great. Yeah, I think it's still there. I think I saw yeah, it when I was looking it, for it, it though. It's probably going to be more during the main event, more so d- during the group stages. But the noob stream is basically where they recognize that the people watching the stream don't know MOBOs. They don't know Dota. They don't know the mechanics. So they will explain some of the core things that are going on and say like why it is so bonkers. So yeah, yeah TI is going on. Um, it's a hundred percent worth watching. I forget the dates of the main event. Uh, give me one second. I'll look it up as I, we're talking. I th- yes. I thought I saw, I thought I saw someone saying that like 17th, even in like the tw- Okay, cool. the 17th. I thought yeah. I saw someone saying even in like the Twitch stream they 
came up with like some sort of overlay where you could hover over the screen and get like tool oh, tips wow, for really? items or something. That's I don't awesome. I don't know if that's right. I might have misunderstood what I was reading, but so cool. basically they're saying like, hey, if you you know if you check this out, you can like actually now get more info about like what's happening on the screen. Like, uh, what is this item? Who yeah. is this hero? What are their moves? Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, and thanks, so May. yeah, obviously if you're in the in game, you can do that. But yeah. That's awesome. But and thanks, May. She clarified uh grand finals are the seventeenth, but twelfth is just for the main event, the brackets. So mm-hmm. gotcha. if you just want to watch one event, definitely check out the finals on the seventeenth. But if you want something in the background that's pretty awesome, I'm starting the twelfth. But if you're in North America, the time zones are a little funky. Um, because it's in Bucharest, Romania. So like for me, a lot of these games start at midnight (laughs) where it's like, well, yeah, yeah. that's dang. And during the week, (laughs) that's the biggest thing, you know, and it's obviously global. So I don't mean to suggest that it's more important that they're alive when I'm awake, but I was watching yesterday. I just had it on while I was working and I like glanced up and the stream was over and I was like, what are we, why it's like three o'clock or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. But it's cause that's like, very late there <laughs> yeah it was like uh, 11 p.m there something yeah. like that so for them to be yeah. broadcasting dota i mean yeah so the sorry go for it uh, i was just gonna say uh, i was looking at this like the schedule has me interested I was looking at the league stuff and their finals uh november 6th and they are currently wow. doing like knockout games uh oh my God. so they are that is yeah, that is over a long period <laughs> they they are doing like they are broadcasting everything like group stage every game uh individually wow. yeah uh that's that's a, a lot, lot. and they, <laughs> like they take off like they don't do like every single day it's like weekend like maybe like friday saturday sunday and then they get the rest of the week to like train and whatever and then friday saturday sunday i think yeah. it looks like maybe thursday to saturday i don't know yeah different yeah. different schedules all the time but yeah like i certainly respect lcs and i think there's been some pretty yeah. crazy good, good games and good plays that have come out to it, but just TI has some of the best esports mm-hmm. moments I've ever seen, just over the years. So uh, I'm expecting there to be some bonker stuff given the teams that are involved and the stakes that are involved because this is a forty million dollar tournament. Like it's, I forget how much the top team is taking, like eighteen or nineteen million. Like that's kind of insane i think the last place team is taking even a hundred thousand so like it's big stakes anyways uh i'm sure we'll be talking about ti again as we approach the finals and probably after the finals so expect more more chat about that um i got another game that we can talk about though i i believe we've heard about this game on this podcast before we brought by one allison could not be here today because of yeah, because difficulties. Her microphone decided it just doesn't want to work. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have been playing kind of at her um, recommendation, I suppose. Idol Manager, which um, the way she kind of described it sounded really appealing to me. Where I think she basically described it as kind of like Sim Tower meets, uh, you know, like uh, an idol, like Japanese J-pop idol group, but you're managing them and you're making choices like, Oh, um, 
are you going to record a single that's in like a poppy style or like a, are you going to be baby metal? Are you going to record a bunch of metal and you decide what the lyrics are about and the group, like you're hiring the idols, you're getting ones who are really good at singing or really good at dancing or they're really cute or, you know, like they're really funny or smart. Like it has all these stats going on and you're building a group that best works off of each other. But it also has uh, like any good management sim, in my opinion, it, it progresses a story along. Like you are aiming for goals and you are essentially like uh, you're fulfilling certain things like, oh, get a number one hit, like uh, release a single and it hits the number one of the charts or something like that. And once you hit that goal, you'll progress the main story on or, you know, things like that. And there's side stories that come up. So if you hang out with one of your idols and then um, you kind of like get to know them and you get to be friends with them. You can ask them like, Hey, what are your dreams and your wants and dreams for the world? And she'll be like, uh, I want to do this. I want to host a TV show or something. And if you get that to happen, then like there's other story stuff that happens with your idols that you hire who, you know, they seem like randomly generated characters essentially. And they are to an extent, but they end up having a really fascinating amount of personality to them to where like, you actually kind of get to know like who gets along with whom and uh, what they like, what they don't like and like uh, their propensities for being dramatic or like showing up in the public eye in a negative light. And like, if you have to reprimand them, then they're going to be bitter against you or like, and one of the things Allison mentioned about this game, that's really interesting is that it can be kind of (laughs) dark (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, there yeah. can there there can be like um the the idols can bully each other in pretty rough ways uh there can be scandals that come up there can be things where it's like it seems like you can basically get stalkers there's uh like you're working with idols who might be under 18 and they're getting involved in scandals that you know you wouldn't want those kinds of people to go through or like you know it seems like it seems like it get to the point where it seems like oh um if enough bad things happen, you have two meters. You have a physical stamina meter for each girl and a mental stamina meter for each girl. And if the mental stamina meter gets low enough, uh, they they uh, they get into a state of depression to where you need to bring them to a doctor who is trained in uh, mental health to help them out of it. And then they will probably go on a hiatus for many months. And I haven't seen what happens with an idol who gets super depressed. Thankfully I haven't gotten to that point. Um, like, but it seems like it would not be out of band for this game to tackle. Like, Oh, uh, there are pictures of your shows online where the idol has clearly been like cutting herself or something of that nature. Like it seems like it would not pull punches with that because it, it gets pretty intense and it makes sense. So one thing that we brought up, and we talked about it like, I don't know, two or three months ago, um, was we were trying to figure out who worked on this game. And uh, I had pulled up a Kickstarter and I rattled off, oh, uh, there was someone named Justin Kuiper who worked on it. And I was like, okay, that's that. It turns out, I forgot, I'm sorry about this, Justin, you listened to the podcast um, <laughs> and has for a while because Justin worked on Necrobarista and was someone who we had many, many communications with. And Justin, you also sent us a lot of information about uh, Idol, Idol Manager, which was really amazing and fantastic. I have not yet replied to it. Sorry, it's been very busy. <laughs> um, but like 
knowing that that connection is there now and knowing like, you know, like Necrobarista also dealt with some pretty heavy topics and so does idol manager, which I wouldn't have expected from an, a manager sim or a management sim. And I think it handles all of it really well because for one, it all feels very dynamic. Like, um, just in a, in a management semi kind of way, you want that stuff to feel dynamic. You don't just want to feel like you're being led down a very specific path. It feels like if you were to restart the game, you would have a completely different experience, which is pretty ideal for those kinds of games for me. But, uh, it does feel curated and directed enough to where you're actually getting a satisfying story experience. So it, it threads that needle really well. And, uh, Allison mentioned that it seems like the community is constantly finding new secrets and new things that you can do. And, uh, I haven't looked too deep into that, frankly, but, um, yeah, I'm very excited to keep, keep getting into it. It's the kind of thing where I basically toss it on for, you know, an hour or something, uh, in the evenings, if I just need something mechanically not ultra intense. Uh, and it's just a, it's just a great way to pass time. Also, it's fucking hard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) like it, but I think that is also plays into the story because you have to balance between like your, your idols, mental health and their physical health, but also the business, like, um, it's the kind of thing where you can get your idols to go do photo shoots or uh, be guests on some TV show or a radio show or something. And that takes some of their stamina and it's like, okay, well you can give them a spa day, which will cost you 10,000 yen or something. And that will heal them for 10, uh, stamina points. But also if your business is in the red, can you afford to keep putting their mental health forward or do you need them to keep working? Like yeah. it, it gets to be to where like, I was prioritizing their mental health and then very quickly I was very deep in the red and had to take like a big loan because like it was becoming unsustainable and it's like, Oh shit. So I'm going to have to friggin' exploit these girls to friggin' keep the business floating. And it's rough. It's hard. Yeah. So uh, those manager games, they're always doing something interesting. Uh, like on the surface, you're like, oh yeah, this is just like I'm gonna click some, I'm gonna make some songs. Do I want to be happy songs, sad songs? No, it's it's way deeper, which is cool. Yeah, like if you ever, if dear listener, you've ever played a game like Game Dev Sim or something like that, this is reminiscent of it, but way more story focused and just it has really cool systems and it has a lot more systems than you would expect. So like pretty pretty dense game in a lot of ways and just a lot more going on than you would anticipate just looking at it at the surface so pretty impressive good uh, i'm going to keep playing it and definitely allison recommended it i would also recommend it even if you don't particularly care about j-pop or idols i think it's just it's a good management sim and it threads all the needles really well all right that's idol manager i also played a game that was Battlefield yeah. 2042. Besides, besides Lost Judgment, which I am continuing to push my way through, uh, that story s- still seems good to me. Uh, but I played this week's new release, Metroid Dread. Hell yeah. Because I like me some Metroid-style games, and I've never beaten a Metroid game. Ever. 
Uh, I played like Super Metroid on the Switch Online, and then I just fell off and I never got back to it. I played a lot of Metroid Fusion on GBA, but I always got stuck and I could never figure out why I couldn't like get where I needed to go. Uh, that happened like multiple times and I always got stuck in the same spot. And like there's a there was a marker on the map and it was like, go here. And I'm like, I'm I'm here and I can't do anything. What is happening? Uh, but yeah, I'm playing Metroid Dread now. The I guess the final game and whatever like main story saga they envisioned with the metroid game starting with like the first metroid super metroid i think that's famous returns is that part of it <laughs> i don't know they're calling this like the final game and whatever saga i, I don't know it's a way for them to say don't ask us for another one <laughs> <laughs> to yeah, get people probably. to shut up and they can continue to make Metroid Prime 4 and that's its own separate thing and yeah. not have people just generally clamoring for Metroid games uh, and well, then yeah, it, it'll be side-scrolling one if they want to down the line. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one sells because like traditionally Metroid games do not sell well uh, and like a lot of people talking about this one uh but I don't know how that is going to uh, pan out because it came out at the same time as like the Switch OLED. So a lot of people uh, wanted to uh, get a game to play with it. Smart of them to put those at the same time. But yeah, totally. This is a very slick Metroid game. Slick it's in what sense? Like, oh, it's just like very well produced and animated and. It's got a lot of story, like cutscenes. Like you'll walk through a door to be like, "Oh, now we're in a cutscene, and something's gonna happen," and then you're back into gameplay. Or like you'll slide through a through like a oh, I don't know, a slidey hole. You slide through a hole in the wall, and then into a cutscene, and something cool happens. Fully animated 3D stuff, and then back into gameplay. Whereas like a lot of the most of the metroid games that aren't prime or other m were all just like 2d and everything happened on that 2d plane but there were other scenes really i forgot about other m (laughs) i never played other 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 m uh, it was weird it was weird yeah uh so yeah it's it's like really cool to look at uh like those scenes are pretty neat the um what is it? Yeah, so the the setup is basically they recap the the big grand overview of like the Metroid games up till now. Like there are these things called Metroids and uh they're dangerous. And then oh, I got Metroid DNA. Oh no. And then there's also these like X parasite things. And then the X parasites created like an alternate version of me. Oh no. And then that happened, and now we think they're all gone, and then we got some video of, an, like, an ex-parasite or whatever they're called. And it's, we traced it to this planet, so Samus, you need to go check it out, because uh, there's a bounty on it. Ba- Samus is a bounty hunter. Um, is, it, is it clear that there are Metroids on this planet? Because wasn't one of the conceits of Super Metroid that there were no more no more Metroids? There, there has been no mention of metroids 
uh, as okay. of yet. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. So there have been no mentions of Metroids, but there have like the thing that pulled us to this island or this this uh, planet is like an ex-parasite, a video of an ex-parasite. And when you arrive, this is not a spoiler because this is like the opening cutscene. You encounter a live Chozo. Chorizo? Chozo. Uh, which Chozo are like the, the kind of like ancient alien species that I don't yeah. know if they've actually. I guess, were there like alien or like not alien, zombie Chozo or something in other games? Because they have them in Smash. Mm. And like they can grab you. I, or, or, I don't know. They were in, Maybe. They, no, wait. They were, they were, they were in Prime. Yeah. Okay. They were, they were definitely in the, Prime. Yeah, so you encounter this Chozo, and he just messes you up. <laughs> and that's how they justify the taking away all your abilities. Like, he does something to you, and then you wake up, and you're like, what happened? And you've lost all your abilities. So uh, that's uh, where it starts off, and, you know, you're doing your Metroid thing. It's really nice to have, like, a full 360 control of, like, where you're aiming. Samus moves pretty quick which is also nice. Like, it's not, you know, Flash or Shine Run or whatever, the, the super speed yet. I assume I'll get that at some point, maybe. But early on, what they've kind of introduced is more of a stealth mechanic that you need to be engaging with. Uh, because there are these things called Emmys, which are these big, like, robots that yeah. have which were sent by like your employer or like sent by like the galactic federation or whatever main government body there is to this planet to do i think to do something and then while they were there that's when you got the video so they were here they've been i don't know compromised in some way so they're trying to kill you if they if you come into contact with them oh so they were at one point friendly but now not Yes, yes, they they were supposed to be, like, reconnaissance and, like, uh, you know, collecting information and sending it back. You lost contact, and now they're trying to kill kill you. Uh, they've got... So what you, what you learn is, one, they're basically indestructible, like, with Samus's normal power. Even if Samus did, didn't lose her abilities, she would just not be able to kill these things on her own. And two, they can, like, adapt themselves to, like, whatever situation they need to. So I think that means over the course of the game is you're going to encounter, like, they're going to have more abilities as you get further in. Cool. And so they'll be harder to deal with. There is, like, a limited number of them, and they say up front there's, like, six of them or something. So you know, like, okay, I have, like, this many kind of instances to consider running into these uh things so and you yeah please Alan. so there's there's six of them and are they just constantly um patrolling in areas pre, they they are in pre-set areas you'll like go into an area and you'll know you're going into an area where it's patrolling but it's not on like a necessarily a preset path or anything or it's not like mr x and uh resident evil 2 they're not just roaming around the entire map they are in set areas and you go through and you're uh you know you're like oh shit i gotta run and i gotta they like they can hear you 
And if they hear you, then they'll start like coming for you. And then if they see you, then they like really start gunning for you. That's cool. But yeah, uh, you that get tense. Like it, it can be. Uh, yeah, like I heard some people saying like, "Oh, it's like a horror game." Like it's mostly fine for me. Like you know, there is like, a, "Oh, I don't want to be near these things because they can one hit kill you." Like if they if they like they touch you on the screen, then you get into like this cutscene. And there is a quick time event you can do, uh, which is very oh. tight timing. And there's like a flash on the screen uh, or like a flash like in their eye or where they're attacking, like their arm when they attack you. And if you hit the X button on the controller, uh, then you'll do like a counter and then you can like stun them and get away. But if you miss that, it's one hit kill. And then you have to like go back to like, you know, go back a room or whatever to a save oh. point. Which is but, not bad. So, They're like, it's not like go way back to like, oh, I saved five minutes ago or anything. It's just like, okay. oh, you're and in it's, the previous room. It's also not Dark Soulsy in that you're losing resources by dying. No, no, uh, it's okay. it's pretty generous in that way. And like I've heard okay. people say, it's like super hard and like there's challenge to it in that but way. But it's mechanically it's been pretty generous and like yeah, it's <clears> like <throat> this is this is challenging, but we're not being punishing by making you go like making you lose a bunch of progress yeah um that being said like accessibility wise it is asking you to push like a lot of buttons like a lot a lot of buttons uh just Mm. to like okay now i need to like stand in place and like holding multiple trigger buttons and then different face buttons to do stuff and different combinations of that and like that could be a bit of a trouble uh challenge i don't think there's a ton of remapping you can do uh because uh, it's nintendo and they don't like you to remap things so if that I is a concern is be there aware some remapping that, but, isn't there some remapping you can do at the os level but probably not as much as you'd I, want i don't think so i've got my switch here i can at least pull up the accessibility stuff in the game see what they've got um but let's see. Okay. Yeah, there there is uh, remapping abilities from the OS level. Okay. So, but I don't know if that would but, really help yeah. per se. Yeah. Yeah. I like you can. Yeah, you can't change anything in the game. It's just here's the controls. Uh, yeah. So that's a bummer. If that is something that is uh, important to you, be aware of that going into the game that you cannot change the controls, and it will be asking you to like multiple shoulder buttons and face buttons at the same time it's it's a pain um but i i've been playing on just my regular old like you know launch ish switch not from launch, your, but, you know launch your window. shitty garbage outdated piece of crap switch yeah seriously but that's that's yeah. just all of them hey got him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this is my like you know 2017 switch or whatever uh, whenever yeah. they came out um and it, it looks good it's fine it great to play uh i'm enjoying it i'm wanting to play more and yeah i think it's a good time if you're into metroidvanias it's a good metroid it's a good metroid game like i don't know what you want <laughs> but it, give, it is that give her a whip make it a metroidvania yeah um yeah. any he has a, Any, she has a whip sometimes, like an energy beam. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's you're right. Smash Brothers. Yeah. But any indication how long it is, more or less? 
Uh, I I haven't looked. I assume it's probably like ten ish hours. Wow, that's significant. That's cool. I mean, I, I feel like that's pretty standard for Metroidvania type games now. Yeah. I, well, uh, yeah, I haven't played a two D Metroid in a long time, so. Yeah, sure. I mean, for a two D Metroid game, it's been a long time since they made one. Yeah. But I would figure they would want to stay kind of like with the industry like keep up with where but nintendo does yeah nintendo does yeah they got to keep up with luna nights baby (laughs) there are i would assume they would want to for like game price and the expectation it's gotten really positive reviews for this kind of game i would expect in the 10 ish hour range uh obviously there are these kinds of games that go higher than that but that's what i'd kind of expect here is it a full price game like retail? Yes, it is $60. Or, yeah, it is like 60 or whatever it is in your country. Yeah, okay. Fair oh. enough. I mean, it seems like it's high yeah, production but, value and everything, so. Yeah, it, it looks very good. The animations are really cool. There was a moment that just made me go, oh, fuck yeah. Like, after the first boss fight, um, I was like, oh, hell yeah, Samus, kick ass. That's uh, cool. So, yeah, it's, cool. it's nice to see them, like, really, like, you know, bring Metroid into the 21st century, like the 2D Metroids into the 21st century and go, you know, we can like animate some cool ass shit now and like actually animate some cool ass shit. Yeah. I mean, Metroid's always had cool ass shit, but now that they're going bonkers with it uh, or they they, they have the potential to do so at least. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, like yeah, they've done stuff with Metroid prime and like other M had like other M was like a platinum game. Wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, it was. I think so. Yeah. So I'm sure that had some absolutely huh. bonkers stuff in it too. But this was just Other like, M oh is, hell yeah, that's cool as hell. It's part of my long running theory that people, it's it was Platinum it was team it was, so it was team it was team ninja. Team ninja. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. it wasn't platinum. I knew it was one of those. Who also players. hit and miss, but yeah, yeah. So what I was gonna say is like whoever it was, uh, they're yeah. like a very hit and miss team, and yeah. I, I don't get excited when I hear Platinum or Team Ninja. Really, I just want to see the game first. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, because there there is a an A team and a B team for both those studios uh, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Metroid Dread seems good so far. I'm in like the second area now. We'll see how it goes. Now it, there's like uh, hot and cold areas, of course. Uh, as is the case with Metroid games a lot, and right now I don't have a good suit because this Chozo like blasted my suit off, and so I've got like I don't know, yeah. I don't have all the armor. I mean, really intense like, trees. It's ju- yeah, really intense you know. will blow your suit off if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and that's what I think. That's You'll what happened to us when we were playing <laughs> Battlefield 2042. That's earlier. what Alex is saying. Alex, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I shit my pants when yeah, we were yeah. playing. Yeah, that's BC two bad chorizo two. Yeah, <laughs> didn't we make that exact joke? God damn! Uh, you said, you our, said bad ch- chalupa. Uh, you chalupa. said bad chalupa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was just bringing it around back. Yeah, yeah. that was our. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure to use that image as our our uh, uh, episode image. Yeah, by the yeah. way, of uh-huh, all three so. of us playing together and all dying on top of each other. Yep. <laughs> Battle, battlefield 2042 that was uh that was a good moment uh so yeah that's that's it for uh games we played talk this week yeah there's a lot of them uh, holy crap holy cannoli that's 
not even necessarily a lot of them. Just yeah, crap is a, a bad word about we shouldn't them. say anymore. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to clean up our yeah, act, like, guys. <laughs> yep, yep. This this we're going family friendly. So angry, I'm gonna shit my pants right now. <laughs> and now we're family friendly. Yeah. Uh, well, this... I mean, that's what they do at Pokemon tournaments. So. <laughs> no, they shit in the hallway and throw pants. it at each other. They sm- yeah. Smear it on the walls or something. Oh God! A little bit of <laughs> a little bit of one, a little bit of the other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Uh. News. <laughs> news uh this week uh there's a shit ton of news also. this week yeah <laughs> we can't talk about all this for like an hour no uh no we cannot uh but there are there are some important things that happened like the entirety of not the entirety most like 98 percent of twitch like leaked oh god like source code and revenue numbers for like top streamers and like a bought a bunch of like behind the scenes stuff for related to their like so like security like uh so i downloaded the leak which oh my god was, we got a hacker is, here which technically not legal whatever i was actually more curious about looking at their code to because i'm a programmer in case y'all don't know who are listening and I was just interested in their coding practices and like, you know, this is technically some proprietary code where they're doing some fancy shit. And I was like, I'm curious how they do that fancy shit. And if you all know code, they had straight up Terraform code in there. Uh, it didn't have all the secrets, but it had enough to where you could potentially do some damage with the information they have still in there. Which So if you don't know what Terraform is, Terraform is essentially a way to put your infrastructure in code. So that's things like your servers and uh, like your hosting platforms and uh, the way you build the software and stuff like that in CICD, continuous integration, continuous delivery, um, build systems essentially. So all of that was in there. And while they didn't have the exact passwords, they had enough, they had um, basically the, the user ID. Like, and that's usually also something that you keep pretty hidden because usually the way it works with stuff like AWS, which is a major hosting platform is if you want to do any kind of changes behind the scenes, you need the user ID, which is a random string of alphanumeric characters. Uh, and it's usually pretty long and you need the key. So, and finding both of those out hard, having one of those solved means brute force attacks are possible on them now. And that's, bad so i assume they're going to be getting they're going to be rotating that and switching it up but like that was just sitting in the code base and i haven't gone that deep to look at what else is in there but people if someone if people were malicious they could do a lot with that information yeah and it's it sounded like this was not entirely like like this wasn't meant to harm the like the users of twitch it was more in like that i wasn't sure if it was because they weren't doing anything about hate raids or and like and like the follow bots and like you know all the stuff that's plaguing twitch recently or if it was because they are doing something and they're like hey stop it 
like we're interesting we, we can like mess with you i, I haven't can't heard remember that, that what it was yeah uh i can't like basically Whoa. it was saying i think it was basically this was like twitch you're not doing enough like we can mess with you or you know like hey get your shit together you're not as uh not as secure as you think i don't even know but it seemed like deliberate choice to not like actually leak like put out passwords you know stuff like that granted they they kind of did it was all hashed passwords um which you you can't do much with unless you know how to decrypt it but that stuff was there and it was and i would say should be encouraged that people change their passwords well i've i've heard multiple people say there's a very good chance that those passwords will get decrypted at some point it's a matter of time it's a but yeah it can be brute forced um for sure it would take time like you said it's a matter of time but it's entirely possible there's value in it because people use the same passwords for things so it's something that will probably get brute forced because there then those passwords can be tested on a wide range of other services and you know then sold and stuff yeah it's worth changing your password yeah especially if it's someone who had a twitch account five years ago and you know yeah doesn't use it that it, frequently and it doesn't mean you should panic and cancel all your credit cards today but it no. does mean that you should change your twitch password and yeah, other you, passwords that are the same uh, yeah so okay. like it's okay. this sorry please go for it andre oh yeah so okay i, fa- I found the uh, stuff and when it was posted it was posted to 4chan um naturally they said yes uh let's see they said this is part one they oh yeah that's true uh, that's what i downloaded uh, did say jeff, part one yeah uh quote jeff bezos paid 970 million for this we're giving it away for free <laughs> uh it, extremely poggers uh and saying let's see okay uh, this is from Wired.com, uh, summarizing. The 4chan poster also, also referenced uh, Twitch's recent wave of hate raids in which bot makers have been spamming marginalized streamers, chats with bigoted harassment, mentioning the hashtag do better Twitch hashtag. Twitch do better, I think, is what it's supposed to be, but whatever. But uh, the poster claimed that Twitch is a disgusting cesspool. They wrote that the leak, which appears to contain huge amounts of proprietary data, is to foster more disruption and competition in the online video game streaming space. Okay. So it was not malicious on the side of the hate raiders. It was actively against. Yeah. That's, that's, they, yes, that's more they positive like, to me. <laughs> they deliberately kept out like personal information from this, yeah. is what it seems like. Uh, you know, Even if like passwords and stuff were there, they did not include... Yeah. Any any like identifying identifying yeah yeah that's uh, beyond like how much top streamers made which, which that was fascinating and the discourse around it was also fascinating not necessarily in a great way like um, it uh-huh. seemed like people were starting to harass streamers about it and of course what's his name Hassan uh, I don't know him like I've never watched um, his stream, yeah. but people already like to harass him for that house he bought in California. But now people are like, "Oh, you're yeah. one of the top earners." Oh, blah 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 blah. But just overall, it was interesting to see, um, the the wide gamut between what regular, normal, you know, relatively small streamers were uh, getting, and like people who you think of as full time streamers who maybe weren't making as much as you thought, um, at least directly from Twitch, maybe donations 
they, those probably don't get factored in donations um, sponsorships yeah like yeah which for like the top earners twitch is not their only revenue stream either like, yeah smart. yeah but yeah for directly from twitch uh yeah. seeing that wide broad, broad wide range really fascinating yes and the, uh, a lot of like some of it will probably for certain things i like saw some minor discourse around like critical role and like other actual oh. play podcasts and like yeah. the there is a gap there between like what most podcasts yeah. make and what like where you know what actual play podcasts make and what critical role makes it's just like astronomical and yeah, then like totally. what you should like be expecting from uh what you should be kind of expecting from these those kinds of like um, businesses i guess uh like critical role or even like the McElroy's, yeah. this kind of came up with like yeah. people you're, you're people not who have like staff. you're not just a yeah you're not just like you know you're not just like three brothers and their dad playing like dungeons and dragons you're like this is like a bigger like a media property and it's it's weird and you can't just t- treat them as like oh they're just friends hanging out like there's an element of that and that's like the chemistry makes it work but it's more than just that yeah and if people are interested in that aspect of the business um i would really recommend watching the linus tech tips video about how we make money i think is what they titled the video and like it's that's really fascinating because um a lot of people who might casually watch those videos or similar videos are like, oh, it's just the personalities. But they dive into like all of the writing staff, all of the editing staff, all of the marketing staff. Like LMG, their company is pretty large. I think it's like 40 people at yeah. this point. Yeah. And yeah. like they're an internet company that bases a lot of their income off of things like YouTube revenue, um, which, you know, it's different from Twitch in a lot of ways, but it's cut from the same cloth and he gets yeah. into like actually the biggest source of income they get is from ltt store like um they advertise it all the time kind of as a joke it's become a meme in that community but it it makes up like 60 percent of their actual income so it's well, it's fast it's fascinating stuff i don't like to get that's too... why you should head to my merch store and buy a <laughs> stay wet t-shirt <laughs> I, it's i don't um i don't want to i don't like to cross work and and uh podcast streams too much so i'm not going to get into too much detail where i work but i um i work in an environment that is very different than what ltt does however there are parallels and i can say that seeing their sets and workshops and environments they are a big operation that makes a lot of money Um, not necessarily that i think linus is like billionaire class i I think that they probably don't have a huge amount of profit um i'm hopefully it's healthy because i like them and i would like them to stick around i'm talking about revenue though i'm guessing that they have pretty i'm sure they have very high overhead as well but their their revenue is is pretty i mean they're i would kill to work i wouldn't really kill but i would love to work in an environment that is as uh like that looks as great as theirs because I work someplace that makes a pretty decent amount of money and like our resources 
are very different <laughs> despite well, yeah, having that's... some crossover and parallels in, in, in the kinds of business yeah. that we do. I was just talking to someone about this the other day <laughs> at, at yeah. work about Linus Tech Tips specifically. And like, man, if I could have a studio like LTT does, that would fucking rule. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the thing with a lot of these Twitch streamers, right? Is that's kind of what we're getting at is that yeah. a lot of the, a lot of the big ones are these kinds of operations, maybe in microcosm, like they're not quite to LTT levels, but some of them they're getting there. Well, it's, it's, it's fewer people involved in the operation. So it means that they can operate. It's a smaller, seems like it has less scope, but I'm same principles at play for sure. Totally. Yeah. And, but I yeah, think it's it also definitely depends. Yeah. It, it's, I think for a lot of people who are not, not necessarily content creators, more content consumers, hopefully this is kind of contextualizing that for those people. I also and think just, it's, yeah, Sorry. It shows how top heavy Twitch is. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting because like YouTube has tons of problems, right? Like YouTube, YouTube has enormous moderation problems. There's problems with Google. There's problems with data usage. Certainly am not making this a YouTube versus Twitch thing. Yeah. DMCAs, et cetera. Yeah. To me yeah. though, in spite of all that, YouTube feels like a platform where you put content. Like it feels like I made this video and I am now, I'm looking for places to put it. I could put it on Vimeo. I could put it on YouTube. Um, and so some, God some help place, you if you put it on Vimeo yeah, and it gets yeah. popular. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, someone like Linus Tech Tips to me, Linus Tech Tips, they feel like they could go from, you know, this doesn't really happen like it used to, but like I could see LCT going like, you know what? You, YouTube's great. We're also going to start doing a TV show or something, you know, like they, they feel like yeah. a production house that makes videos. Totally. The difference to me for a Twitch stream, and this is where I kind of have pause at Twitch streaming in general, is it feels much more like Amazon has done a really good job of positioning t- big Twitch streamers as contractors who work for Amazon. And well, they're, they're, they're literally partners, right? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I know that there are some similar things with YouTube. YouTube has people that they have contracts with. Of course that happens there. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing that's kind of freaks me out about Twitch a little bit is it absolutely feels like it's closer to like the WWE than a TV channel. <laughs> Whereas yeah. YouTube feels like huh. a TV channel. And that's like, interesting. obviously yeah. there's huge problems with both of those business models, but I, 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 in this, this stuff coming out about Twitch was one thing, but even before that, when they were in, they were rolling out their boost system where you could pay to have your stream boosted. Oh, that's bonkers. I mean, I think generally most people agree that it's bad, but on top, but, but even within that, I saw some like mid-level streamers who are on Twitter and I'm not going to name any specific people. I couldn't even name any specific people if I wanted to, because these were all like showing up because people liked their posts or they were retweets. They're not really people yeah. I follow who were like, okay, so the boost problem system has problems, but here's how we're going to use it to, to increase our revenue and stuff. And these are people who are probably pulling in like a few hundred dollars a month, maybe yeah. a paychecks worth a month. Um, and I just am like, you're being exploited so hard by Amazon and by Twitch. And I feel like it is so concerning to me because it's like you are now paying the company who 
has your content has you on lock you're also now going to pay them to advertise your stream to people it's just like so bad yeah. and it needs to be regulated so hard but, but there's <laughs> yeah. no but there's very little organic discovery like it's the priority yeah, yeah. completely out of whack it's, it's yeah yeah discovery is the core issue and like i don't think youtube does it particularly well no, um, no. but but they do it better than twitch that's for damn and sure um none of this well, is because that's they you know that's their entire business model and then live streaming is being added on top of it and, and then, yeah. none of this is to yeah. say that youtube is a better company morally than twitch that's no, not my certain, intent certainly but, not <laughs> but it is a it is a concerning thing i think with the culture of like it seems like young people now want to do twitch streaming they want to be twitch streamers oh, and i think if you totally if you're streaming as like a hobby like the way you do it andre is if it's just like yeah. a hobby that we're like it's also fun to build make some merch and if you can make some extra money cool that's yeah. one thing i don't I, I, but i would be i think this 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 um this leak hopefully undermines outlines i don't really have anything against the people that are making tons of money some of them i think are assholes but i'm not going to get into that yeah um yeah. yeah but uh but you're never going to make the kind of money they make you will not. And I, I mean, we can say that with 99.999999999% like confidence that given the number of people on, on Twitch, if you look at the disparity between the top 25 earners and then scroll down to the like thousandth earner, it's, it's like, it's, it's really shitty. I think that they sell this notion that you can become partnered and, and like make a ton of money doing it because well, clearly uh, you cannot. <laughs> uh. There's a mathematical concept and you'll have to forgive me. I'll have to look up the name of it in the background, but um, the mathematical concept basically says, and this is true of language. This is true of uh, statistics. It's true of a lot of things. Uh, give me one second. It is zips law Z I P F where in short, like the, there's, a lot of reading you can do this is actually like fun statistically mathematics if you're into it but it's basically boils down to the 80 percent of the important data or 80 percent of what makes up the majority of your corpus so like the majority of your significant significant data is taken up by 20 percent of you know whatever is being measured. So if right. that's wealth, if that's like you're looking at 20% of the wealthiest people are making up 80% of the, you know, the actual yeah. wealth makeup. And then the other, you know, remaining 60 or 80%, whatever, like it's, it doesn't matter as much. And getting into that top 20% is incredibly difficult in any case. Um, there, yeah, uh, I would recommend reading about this concept. There's a really good um, Vsauce video about this that explains it with regards to language and common words and uh, stuff like that. But it applies very much here. And it's a real world example of exactly what Pat is illustrating that to break over that wall at this point, it would be nigh impossible because it's so and it saturated. And like the as the number of users grow, which it's just, if you got in 10, 15 years ago, maybe you had a chance. <laughs> uh, but the chances right now are 
pretty slim. And, and it's based... This, sorry, go for it. No, 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 you finish. I don't want to interrupt. I was, was going to say this leak um, puts pretty objective data um, to kind of put that to proof. And I think um, it's based so much on luck. Like, Oh, absolutely. An, and yeah. there's a degree of who you know. Like if yep. you're friends with Asmon Gold, you probably and you're getting into streaming, you probably have a better chance. But also, yeah, and I'm not a major streamer, so I don't know. But if I was a major streamer and my income revolved around me making having subscribers and getting views, I don't know. I think I personally would be, I wouldn't be in the situation to begin with. But I'm guessing that a lot of streamers are like, no, I don't want to make you into a huge streamer because that's my that's my cake yeah yeah 100 <laughs> um, like especially considering wanna... how narcissistic yeah. a lot of streamers come off anyway like well it's 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 their livelihood right yeah so they don't want people stepping on their and toes as much i think the not that uh, the last thought that i have on it um is uh also i think this leak like it makes me so mad the thing that made me so mad was more than any of the business stuff, you know, what was this? Three to six months ago, people, and for years, people were like having complete temper tantrums and meltdowns about how women were ruining Twitch oh, God, by doing yeah. sexy streams and hot tub streams. And you look at this list, how many fucking women do you see in the top 25 of this list? And how many of these are white dudes playing Call of Duty? So yep. fuck off if you think that somehow you're weird little castle is being ruined by people who don't look like you clearly twitch's bias is towards white dudes playing call of duty and that's how it's always been and so any of this like like panic about like the identity of twitch or whatever is bullshit and if you're someone who buys into that stuff you need to get out of it because it's just toxic and you look like an asshole uh and and that was the the thing that really made me mad (laughs) One of the more toxic things I saw coming out of that particular conversation was this false dichotomy they put out, which was like, oh, uh, well, I guess Twitch ladies are not making up the majority. They can just go do porn. And it's like, yeah, well, fuck go off. fuck off if they, completely. If they want to, yeah. Go, I mean, sure. Go for it why not? To. Sex work is fine. Why yeah, are yeah. you like, <laughs> why has that like, become like some kind of like checkmate? Like that's, it's the, the goalposts got moved just because yeah. actual well, data yeah, came out it's, and it's so yeah, stupid it's, yep and that's what'll always happen because you're just sexist if you're into yep. that stuff you're just 100%. racist if you're into that well, stuff like it's you're not probably trying to protect anything <laughs> i mean i I'm more very because, likely because like, of the white were, dudes yeah right yeah i mean there's not a lot of um of diversity in that uh that list of, of hop, top earners in some no. ways that's why i'm glad the critical role was represented high on that list because at least those that seems like a it's a fairly diverse group of uh could be better to be clear but it, it's yeah. not just a white dude playing call of duty you know yeah but it, uh, they're good they're and also those people are generally good like matthew mercer they and seem like it yeah laura bailey and those crew like they're they're good folks so yeah anyway anyways twitch oh we got a whole we got a whole lot more news to get these. dude yeah. this is a thick Thick episode. We're we're gonna we're gonna cut some of this down. Uh, was just, we okay. don't have to spend a lot of time. But uh, speaking of massive uh, internet giants having just shit go wrong, Facebook was 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 down. It didn't work. Facebook and all associated yeah. properties, uh, the WhatsApp, Messenger, Instagram, uh, the doors at Facebook HQ. 
uh, Oculus. It, it was all just not working for a while. It all happened while I was asleep, so I, I really missed out. Yeah, you but, missed on a really nice day. <laughs> just yeah, no Facebook. Yeah. That's that's amazing. It was, it was uh, great. I was hoping it was going to last longer. To be honest, yes, yeah, that would have been what if the world could have healed. Dolphins would have returned to Venice. Mm-hmm. Uh, deer <laughs> roaming the streets. Uh, yeah, be like Tokyo Jungle. Man, but, I yeah, wish because so, that means humanity's gone. Yeah. So not only did Twitch have a rough week, so did Facebook gaming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, five. Nobody could stream on there. Nobody could you stream can't their see, gotcha games. You can't see and, the violin because it's too tiny. Yeah. But also, like, the Oculus stuff was interesting. Um, Jane, Jane Wong, who's pretty popular on Twitter for breaking Twitter. Um, or you, What's her, what's her thing? Uh, Wong M. Jane on Twitter. Uh, the first thing she did upon this, this Facebook going down was she booted up an Oculus. <laughs> and she posted screenshots just being like, yeah, this thing is basically a brick. Like, it, it, was, uh-huh. it was really fascinating to see just how many things rely on Facebook's infrastructure working. And... Uh, the moment it went down, it was the kind of thing where if you signed up for uh, a friend uses a chess website every now and again to play chess, just, you know, for fun. She signed up with her Facebook account. She could no longer log in to play chess. You know, yeah. like it's, I it's all these kinds of, that. yeah, all these kinds of things that you don't even think of as Facebook itself, just kind of reaching their tendrils out and just, Everything was affected. Small businesses who don't have their own websites and just have a Facebook page, yep. they were affected. Like, yep. and and the thing is, like, w- within the past year, wasn't there a whole trial that basically proved that Facebook wasn't a monopoly? And didn't this kind of I, uh, subvert I mean, that a little bit? <laughs> it's I, then you. I, I'm not versed enough in monopolies, and it's definitely too much like consolidation of just. You know, our everything, everything is on Facebook servers using Facebook uh, technology and interconnected. And then if that one thing goes down, it breaks so much. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if, if anything, like that itself is like reason enough to, you know, diversify, uh, you know, don't let all these things be locked into one company. Yeah. Like, you know, don't let facebook buy another messaging company don't let them buy another social media company uh but not like oh we need you know social media and these messaging apps like there are other ways to talk to people but like all this consolidation is not good yeah i mean like what if facebook owned tiktok and also facebook owned some let's say like some kind of um medical imaging company or you know like sure, yeah like some some that some form of totally public, public health like if public see, health yeah. relied on all of that public or that facebook infrastructure and that went down that's actually yeah. like terrible <laughs> i mean what if something like this happened to amazon's shit like that would and be it ha- it catastrophic like yeah. when ec2s went like, down yeah uh but they i assume aren't uh like arrogant enough to put all their like their eggs keys, in all baskets 
yeah, oh, all their sure. keys on Amazon Web Services, and then that goes down. They can't even open the damn door. Like that was amazing. That was just yeah. hubris. That was like friggin' uh, uh-huh. Bay Area Silicon Valley hubris right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well. Uh, Anyways, we could talk about that one for an hour, but maybe let's yeah, not. We don't. We don't need to. Another oh, thing but, we can talk about for an hour. A, a piece, a, oh, a piece yeah. of news that did come out related to Oculus. Uh, there is an app called Oculus, which came out this week, or it it became publicly kind of visible this week. Uh, I think it was developed by some seventeen year old kid, and it which is awesome, like good for him. Uh, but it removes the requirement to have a Facebook account to use an Oculus. Um, nice. So good. Uh, I'll make sure that is included in the show notes because I think I'll that's very that useful. <laughs> Probably. Um, but it's but also, it'll it'll just be an arms race of like uh, I mean it, okay now it works again now it doesn't now it works again it's now possible it that it's like some some form of jailbreak where you could also stop updating your Oculus if you wanted to and just use this but yeah. but um, then I do you note, get to the point like you can't use the store anymore that's what I was gonna say and, is yeah. you certainly would not be able to purchase things from the store this probably would let you use your current library until they patch it out and then. Um, maybe let you continue using some kind of a link situation. Uh, if there's a, there's yeah. a also, they develop it to have an open source, like way to link it to the yeah. PC. Uh, yeah. so, but it's, it's cool either way that there's people doing it. Yeah. And there's ways to de Google your phone in similar ways. Um, yeah. So anyways, just wanted to point that out. Cause I think it's actually a really nice initiative and it's a cool project by, you know, just a single young developer. I wish he would less. Shout out yeah. to yeah. Alex Navarro. I'm uh, classic. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm interested in Oculus alternatives. I'll say that. Uh, we'll see. We'll Are see you if any, if any come out? I know you're interested in this one, Pat. Uh huh. There were the big, big Smash Brother news this week. Uh huh. Where they announced the final character for. Smash Brothers Ultimate, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh final character, no more, no more passes, no more season passes, no more DLC. Goodbye, Sakurai. <laughs> he has to go now. We we, we exchange one <laughs> They're Sora. Putting him back in the box. <laughs> we exchange one Sora for another. Finally, after years, literal like I don't know, like five plus years of people begging maybe more Sakurai to do it yeah i, yeah. I long time finally sora from kingdom hearts makes his way into smash brothers and Don't shakes care. hands with mario to be, to be clear only sora <laughs> you're not yeah, getting shit else from kingdom hearts yo <laughs> And in fact, you're getting specifically li- like literal characters removed from art for, <laughs> yeah. for this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is not surprising. And also, I don't give a shit because I don't care about Smash. But uh, if anything, yeah. this sucked yeah. because it was an opportunity for the legion of people who don't know a fucking thing about Kingdom Hearts to go, nerd, stupid, you like Kingdom Hearts, idiots, on Twitter for a day. That's, and that's, that's I me. Just, that was my <laughs> moment of like, you know, I'm actually going to. I'm I'm gonna use Twitter less because turns out people here just suck ass. Because <laughs> if because yeah. when I the one time I tweeted about which has been deleted how I think Animal <laughs> Crossing sucks I got like 
was not kind responses that I received. And many of them, wasn't it? I like, I guess. (laughs) You're right. You're right, though, Pat. You're right. right. It does suck. This this Uh, is a safe space to play or say. I don't think Animal Crossing is all that. (laughs) It's uh, fine. No, I think it turned up in like a search result or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I got some heat from Mm -hmm. it and I just deleted the tweet. (laughs) Oh, man. That's... Those are the that's the shit. I, I'm still waiting for my moment in the sun where I some bullshit oh, it was I say like four, goes absolutely wild. It was like it wasn't viral. It was like four or five responses, and I was like, these oh, okay. people are not people they that were, I follow, so I don't want. Oh yeah, people, I don't, yeah I'm no. just deleting this because it yeah. means that people found it somehow. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just like whatever. It's funny that they put Sora in the in Kingdom or they put Sora in Kingdom Hearts. They put Sora in Smash finally. <laughs> uh, it, Apparently, the he was the most requested character when they did their. He like, was. Who do you want to see in Smash? Back sure, like yeah. on the Wii U era. So. Yep. The the my favorite like, part of this has far. been the memes of Sora murdering Waluigi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poor Waluigi. I actually um, think they should have put Waluigi in over Sora, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. For, yeah. He, he should have showed up, and they should have been like, "You get two. We're doing Sora, and finally, you get your boy Waluigi." That would have been cool, wow. but I think people would have been happy with that. But from what I understand, and again, we don't have to talk about this for long. We're already running long. Um, like Square is a nightmare to work with in the first place, but specifically with Kingdom Hearts, it's supposed to be way worse because well, then you also got the long arm of yeah. Disney dick all up on you. Like I, I I'd be. I mean, Square has more reps in that game than any other third party now. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like that's probably why they were able to leverage it is because they have Cloud and Sephiroth and all that stuff in there. Like, uh, they have those connections made, and it's like, okay, you've done well by our properties in the past. But I like, was hearing, and I don't know, John Drake, come on the podcast, let's talk about it. Hell yeah, yeah. I heard a little bit of. I we, heard we got, a little bit we got, of scuttlebutt. We got, we, got, we got Diet Coke. Uh, I drink zero sugar, Coke Zero Sugar. Um. I've heard a little bit of of stuff that suggests that Disney feels that Sora is a Disney character and not a Square character, and that that is part of why this was so difficult, was because it's very hard to get Disney to sign off. Like, they are, it's like a weird legal space where they don't technically hold the rights to Sora, but Square wants to preserve their relationship with them because it's such a huge franchise, and Disney's like, Sora, Sora, Sora's Disney. I think Cloud, Sephiroth, those are square characters. Those are Final Fantasy characters. Sora is a Kingdom Hearts character, and Kingdom Hearts is a Disney franchise. But uh, so y'all y- y- know Yoshi P, right? From Final Fantasy fourteen, beloved director of that, pulled it up, pulled it from the depths of hell by the bootstraps. He has yeah. been on record as saying there's never going to be a Final Fantasy fourteen Kingdom Hearts crossover event because it's such a nightmare. Yeah. Like yeah. with yeah. licensing and all of that. that like, game and they're they're anyway. and they're internal to Square. Like, it is, yeah. it is well, funny. <laughs> I mean, what would that look like without well, bringing in well, like a I mean, they've, they've done Disney shit. So like, yeah, but they've done know, Final Fantasy fifteen that, and the, stuff. But like, yeah, no that that is that makes sense because like yeah. But what is a what is a Kingdom Hearts crossover without the Disney stuff? It's a crossover with other Final Fantasy games, and yeah, so at that I mean, point, I think yeah. Sora and Kyrie showing up in in. Final Fantasy 14 could be neat. Like the they don't yeah. they're not very precious with their crossovers. The Final Fantasy 15 crossover yeah. event is Noctis's car breaking down. And put, put a gummy <laughs> yep. ship. Sid's like put a gummy Sid's ship like, in uh, 
Final Fantasy 14. No, don't. It's like, wow, this is weird that that this car is like super advanced. It's not Garlean. And Noctis is like, what do you mean? It's just a cool car. And then you like take Noctis <laughs> on a little tour of Eorzea. And then you have to fight a boss fight. And then Noctis is like, oh, I got teleported here. Guess it's back to Final Fantasy 15. Driving my car <laughs> through the portal. See ya. It's so funny. It's very so, like, stupid and very like yeah. Like they could put no, Star Wars very in knowing. Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Obi Wan could just be like, "How'd I get here?" <laughs> yeah, like all, all of this to say, the fact that Sakurai was able to pull these strings in the first place and actually get it is kind of a huge accomplishment on their part, and well, it's I, a good it's a good swan song just in terms I, of like the yeah. business side of things. I, of course, I people mean, are going to be. It pissed. wasn't. It's yeah, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, as what I heard uh, was like going around, Sakurai had no involvement in like selecting characters. That uh, was all Nintendo, and then that was just it was there. Here's here is your next character. Here is your here is your assignment. Finish this, and then maybe we'll unchain you from your desk. <laughs> you can go back to Kirby but, eventually. Yeah, it was a, it was a good presentation, uh, like where they revealed it and him like. Yeah. Just taking out posters and sticking them to the wall, and yeah. he, he's a good presenter. But and then just being let like Sakurai do all their game like, presentations like, from I'm, now on. I'm I'm done. There's no more Smash. <laughs> he, he actually looks. Yeah, he, that dude has been doing Smash since '98. Like, yeah. yeah, and he doesn't like Smash that much. I and think. that's it. Sora's going to come out. You get a month, and then all the Smash car- Smash cartridges are and switches with Smash digitally are going to ignite. And yep. no one will ever play Smash again. Yep. As soon as you lose and three stock, sh- your game is done. It'll be like that meme with the like society if, and that's what's going to happen after Smash is gone. It'll be better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Significantly uh, so. All right. Uh, next up, well, we can kind of go through a bunch of these quickly. Uh, all right. Quick Toshihiro hit. Nagoshi and Daisuke Sato are leaving Sega, which was previously rumored. Uh, which one is going to? Are they both going to Tencent, or is just? I I don't know if it's been said. I don't know if that was clear. Because uh, one of them was rumored to be like being poached by Tencent, and like that was that was Nagoshi for sure. Okay, but, and then wasn't one of them just like wasn't it Nagoshi just like promoted recently to like creative director of Sega from like the Ryuga Gotoku Studio studio, yeah. like. So they were just like promoted, and then he's like, "Peace, I'm out." <laughs> he released Monkey Ball, he, and then he probably got probably got finished. paid. Doing the, like if, if he's going to Tencent, which is what the report was, uh, yeah, you know, they I probably gave him a compelling offer. Yeah, I like, imagine Tencent offers are very compelling if you're an in demand. Uh, if you are essentially the president of a company and being yeah. poached, yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> if Tencent wanted to pay me a lot of money, I would quit my job. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, best of luck to them. Hopefully, they can like. Hopefully, they're being take like brought on to Tencent or wherever they're going to make more cool shit because they have overseen some really good stuff. Like, yeah, some of the best stories and video games are coming out of the coming out of the rgg studio if they're like i don't want to make real cool shit anymore i just want to fuck off and and make mobile games games. the numbers behind gotcha games good for you fine i mean yeah sure for it whatever get take take your time 
but what you do you what what if i I don't know the yakuza yakuza gotcha game there's there has to be a gotcha game in a yakuza right not any that i've played and like most of them like i get like the newer like like six seven i don't know when five came out but it's like six seven then uh like judgment lost judgment would be like a good fit for like that kind of time period like for that kind of like, stuff but I like for actual so. gotcha pun yeah yeah or yeah i don't know so i mean there's uh, that's i'm thinking of shenmue it was just like <laughs> ufo catchers and shit and uh yeah anyways yeah and the arcades but yeah uh best of luck to them and yeah. you know i i fully believe in rgg, in and, RGG. Sega and what they're doing yeah, yeah. same uh uh, it's this X Cloud stuff, whatever. They're using Series X hardware for Xbox Cloud streaming. Yeah, Good. finally, it's, cool. it's looking better than a regular Xbox One. Next, next, maybe they'll stop running the lines through mud, so it doesn't feel like you're playing in like lines. Just, I don't know. I'm trying to say that I think X Cloud still feels like shit to play because <laughs> uh, it's very it feels very muddy to me. So it's it's putting. The stream it's returning you is going no, through it's, like it's, a, a muddy poop filter. Exactly. It's yeah. Mud, so, not pudding. Yeah, my sticks are my sticks are covered in in sewage. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, that was the case beforehand. So <laughs> that that's why that's why your switch has uh, drift. Mine doesn't. And that's why it doesn't. Ah, there's a secret. <laughs> ah, so that's the Nintendo hates sauce. this. <laughs> Nintendo hates him. <laughs> what do you think Randy Pitchford thinks about this? Oh, fuck no. Uh, I think he... I know what you're saying, looking, but... He, I, think, I think he wants to turn this into a TV show, is what he wants to do. I think I'm this just, is only... He wants, he wants to turn I'm, Pat wading through puddles of shit oh into I'm a TV la- show. If he wants to I'm pay la- me, I'll do it. I'm labeling this news story on our timestamps, Randy Pitchford sucks. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's my input. Suck, but if, look, I am not above throwing on some some galoshes and like those rubber overalls and waiters and like wading through sewage if i if it's like a tv paycheck that's fine i'll do it call me randy yeah also what's the story on and i I don't (laughs) like you but uh yeah Uh, randy pitchford is uh leaking more stepping back stepping back for uh, i mean who knows if you're putting it on tv like as part (laughs) of your job (laughs) Uh, so Randy Pitchford, uh, president of Gearbox adventures. Software, is uh, stepping back from his role as president of Yay, Gearbox Software. Thank God, and He's gone. is moving up, moving up in the world what? to uh, still a Gearbox, but Gearbox Studios. And he's going to be doing Fuck. like TV and movies, movies and like yeah. other media stuff. So it's, yeah. he he moved up in the world. Uh, but we'll he probably, probably see less less of him in like game uh, related one, things. One can hope. <laughs> the huge and narcissist then, you know, is also interested in no longer making games and instead making more per- perceived, more glamorous things like TV and movies. No fucker. Ah, just like uh, oh god, what's his name? Bobby Kotick when he appeared in Moneyball. There are degrees to which I there's a there's a magnitude of difference between how much I dislike Randy Pitchford and how much I like Bobby Kotick though. It's like, it's like Randy Pitchford is like an Urukai and Bobby Kotick is like 
Saruman levels of fuck that guy. God. There's some. It's a th- <laughs> throwing it back to the Lot- Lotro chats. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. So we'll we'll see what that's about, and you know, probably see. Less I doubt we'll ever pitch for doing. Uh, magic tricks at PAX panels. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I just think it means you're going to see him less and less, and that's the uh, that can only be a good thing. Yep. What are they even uh, working on? Are they doing some Battleborn TV show? Border- <laughs> no, Borderlands movie. It was a Borderlands movie. They should oh, do yeah. a Battleborn TV show. The Borderlands movie is that, big bucks. That movie's going to be a pretty huge movie, I think. Pro- probably. It's got that cast fucking rips. Yes, the casting uh, is very good. Oh, isn't uh oh god, what's her name? Uh, everyone's favorite Kate actress in the world. No, uh, she was in True Lies. Jamie uh, Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, isn't she in it? Oh yeah, she's yeah. in that too. Yeah, Kate Blanchett, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Jack Black, Kevin Hart in it. Jack Black. Yep. Is yep. he playing Bowser? Uh, which, Who Jack? I think Black? he's Claptrap. Yeah, Jack Black's Claptrap, which is really good casting. <laughs> back to, the, back like, to the back to the sewage, Pat. Crap no, trap. I don't. <laughs> crap yeah. trap. Uh, clap, Jack Black is Claptrap. <laughs> Cla- I can't say it. It's hard. <laughs> that's a really. That's a really uh, good. Cl four P T R four P. Claptrap is crap-trap. really irritating, but Jack Black <laughs> will play that. That'll be good. I'm gonna. I mean, yeah. I'll probably oh, yeah. watch that movie. That's. I ho- I hope it's Jack Black in like in just like a cardboard costume. <laughs> And just him like running around. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, um, everything dude. else is like everything else is like CG and like you know whatever. And then <laughs> you know live action CG least... special effects. And then Jack Black as Claptrap is just him. Jack Black running around in a cardboard costume. We have to end this podcast, but I at least hope that he did he did some mocap for it. Like oh yeah, one hundred percent with him like climbing up on top of his house and dancing around and you know yeah. oh yeah uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. And that they like in, use in his speedo. mocap for the arms or something. Yeah. Uh, the last last one I think worth talking about. Uh, Idos Montreal and Idos Sherbrooke are switching to four day work weeks, which I think is kind of the first big AAA studio to make this shift. Uh, Young Horses uh, got people talking a while ago when they were like oh yeah we switched to four day work weeks like last year and it's been great yeah as far as and i know we're talking other studios of, have like experimented with stuff and but. outside of games like microsoft i think tested it and mm-hmm. went oh oh crap oh shit oh no this is a good idea let's make sure that we never ever do this because yep. oh no oh god it would improve the lives of our employees <laughs> can't have uh-huh. that can yeah. we <laughs> yeah they they tried it for six months but yeah that's great See y'all on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in America, there's no benefit to employing improving your employees' lives. It, 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 more ownership of time means that you're like more stuck in life and work being your identity and shit. So it, it's not going to happen in the United States anytime soon. But uh, uh, very happy for Idos. Interesting with like they're owned by Square, right? So that square kind of allowed this to happen uh i don't know what the relationship there is but if, uh square being a japanese company like that's kind of if i had to guess based on what i have heard about the way that microsoft manages their subsidiaries totally different company but just from like a business yeah. perspective um the it's probably pretty like you guys do whatever you make the games that we tell that you know the games yeah. have to come out and they have to make money how you get there yeah. it's not Maybe. really square's problem um 
until it becomes a mess and things aren't coming out and stuff. Like if this goes bad, then I'm sure square would be like, you're going to be back in the office five days a week, but I'm sure they don't really care as long as the games are coming out. As long as Uh, guardians of the galaxy comes out. Yeah. That's (sighs) Ida's huh? And I think they're doing another tomb Raider. I think there was something about that. Maybe. I don't know. I saw some, that's what I've, we know for sure. Yeah, I saw some ridiculous story about, or not even just tweet chain about uh, Tomb Raider Four has like a ridiculous mod scene. Tomb Raider really? Four rules. That's my, probably my favorite Tomb Raider. It's, it's that's interesting. The last revelation. Absol- absolutely bonkers mod scene. Like people making like big set piece moments and like oh. whole like Resident Evil style games in it. Oh, and oh, like so that. full like full conversions. Yeah, like total, it has like a map maker. It has, yeah, it, it has, has like a really a map robust maker. Map, maker, map maker. I I played with it a lot when I was younger. Um, uh, spoilers for the end of Tomb Raider Four: The Last Revelation from like 1998. So here's yeah. your spoiler warning. Oh, shit, Lara Croft dies at the end, and I was like, oh my fucking god, are you kidding me? Nice. And then of course she's not really dead, and then she comes back later. But well, of course like, not. Yeah, they they she falls down a huge pit, and you're like, oh my god, she's dead. And then they were like, yeah, she's dead. No more Tomb Raider, dude. And then the next game they made, the next game they made was like a anthology series of levels from like across her life. Cause they're like, yeah, she's really dead. Wasn't she's it, not coming back. Wasn't it called Tomb Raider anthology? Chronicles. Oh, Chronicles. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hilariously. Let's I have it. not played either of the crystal dynamics, Tomb Raider games. I was an enormous Tomb Raider fan when I was in middle and high school. I played every one of those games multiple times, uh, but I haven't played the crystal dynamic ones. I even like Angel of Darkness, which was the one that killed the franchise because people hated it so much. <laughs> Just like All the right. Slayer song. Yeah. Well, That's Angel of Death. A, Anyways. Same diff. <laughs> it, same it diff. is about time for us to wrap up. It's gotten late. We went. We started late. We talked a lot. Yeah. Uh, always a pleasure, though. Vid- pixel cars nice uh thank you so much for joining me uh on episode 193 of the gaming fix podcast on october 9th 2021 i've been your host andre andre cole aka your partner's favorite cocktail aka the wet gamer alex yes no, keep going. I'm. I'll have something to say later. Um, okay. <laughs> it's kind of all there is. Uh, uh, you could you could find me on Twitter uh, at coolslus c o o l s l four w and on Twitch at uh, slash c o l e s l four w, where I'm streaming on Saturdays, uh, American time. Sunday's my time. Saturday's y'all's time, and you. I'm going to be raising money with the Super GG uh, radio folks for Extra Life Children's Miracle Network, all that good stuff. Good folks. I have to. I, I still need to like get all my registration in. I think I'm going to be doing it for hospital from my hometown, uh, Sacred Heart Medical. Cool. I believe they're uh, part of the. I think they're part of the Miracle Network. I got to double check. Uh, if they're not. I'll figure something out. Uh, but yeah, so, and we're doing a thing where if we get a team goal or team total of $5,000, 
uh, donated. Uh, anyone who donated over $10 or $10 or more will be entered into a raffle for a Switch OLED. So uh, yeah. get on that. And that is like November 14th, I want to say is the deadline, but I, I, I need to check. I'll, I'll include their, their, their tweet about yes. it. Yes. Yeah, we can do that. And uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, Pat, where can people find you? You can find me browsing uh, NASCAR diecasts uh, nice. that are re- way too expensive, and also at PJC Plays on Twitter. Shout I'm out, using less, but whatever. Shout out to you buying hundred dollar diecast cars, giving me the courage to buy two hundred dollar leather bound books. <laughs> <laughs> you only live once. Look, Bubba Wallace is only going to win the last restrictor plate race of the current generation of nascars one time hey so when he does you got to get a die cast of that car these books are signed and i'm gonna try and get every single like as these books every 10 years or 10 year anniversary of these books he puts out a leather bound version i'm gonna try and get leather bound version of this entire fucking series and it's not gonna be finished till like fucking 2050 or some shit that sounds like a way Uh, worse fucking habit to get into than me trying to complete the umineko manga because that's also a nightmare right now yeah well uh where could people find you doing that alex on the internet uh what i was thinking about and was uh, people can't can see my fingers counting we're on episode 193 but i think we're actually probably at about 200 episodes including game of the years and uh specials and maybe like if we were to include movie fix which we only did one episode of and i think it was for black panther yeah uh we might actually be at 200, but whatever. We'll be at actual 200 soon. I have six Regularly more episodes scheduled. with which to sabotage this podcast. <laughs> but like to make it just implode and then we never hit 200? Yeah, so we all hate each yeah. other and we all quit and never hit 200 again. All right. Again, for the first time. That <laughs> isn't already the case. <laughs> well, start back over. Oh, God yeah. damn it. Now we all have to make a competing podcast and we can see who this. All right. Here we go. Game of the year 2017. The actual winner was Edith I don't Finch. like that. <laughs> You're the wet one. <laughs> hey, wet is, doesn't mean piss. It can. Oh, it can. It, 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 it can. It doesn't mean it does. Like the great Griffin McElroy once said, it's piss. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, um. <laughs> Good night. Uh. Yeah, uh, thanks to Jeff Davis at Stranger Peace for our music. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode, unless everything implodes and we all hate each other. Or the world ends. Just after we finally move to Discord. Finally move to Discord and everything falls apart. There you go. That's that's life, baby. (laughs) Progress. Stay wet, gamers. Bye, everybody. That's the most incredulous stay wet gamers I've ever heard in my life. And I've heard a lot of stay wet gamers, Andre. <laughs> You'll hear a lot more. Bye, I gotta buy anything to say about it. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>